Hi, friends. I'm just cutting in to let you know you have a limited time to participate in a pretty cool Patreon perk. So you're going to hear at the end of the episode that we are running a poll for our next listener chosen episode. Um, so go over to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and look for our open world game poll. Um, I'm going to leave that a mystery as to what's on it, but it's all some really cool stuff. And it's only available to people who back us on Patreon makes a huge difference. Uh, that poll is open until April the 14th, and we'd love for you to weigh in. Um, also, if you're listening to this, and this is super limited um, in terms of time anyway, uh, the weekend after this comes out, uh, the weekend starting the 7th and then running through the 9th, we will be at the Midwest Gaming Classic in Milwaukee. Um, go to MidwestGamingClassic.com and look at tickets and event information and stuff like that. Our talk is on Sunday afternoon, and we're holding a meetup on um, Saturday night. Uh, stick around to the end to hear those details or look on Twitter. Uh, we would love to have you. Thank you. Hey, guess what just showed up? Oh, dang. Dead Space. Man, we're going to have to hurry up and get this back up. Everybody's going to want a piece of this. We're going to get so much karma. CJ might even email us personally. Can you believe? Okay, okay. I'll, I'll pop it in and play, and you can take notes. Roger? 10 4 20. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I'm moving around. Hey, it's it's like RE4. Oh, I've already got like three paragraphs of our credentials and bona fides down with uh, Resident Evil. Uh, it's right before the table of contents. Uh, did you put it before or after the Libertarian Street? During. What, what am I, an idiot? Hi, this is not your first rodeo, man. Okay, um, where, where should I go? Hey, I pressed the right stick and... Wait a minute. Oh, no. No, 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 those fuckers. It's, it's a line that shows you where to go? Okay, uh, we can get around this. I think, think, uh, maybe it's a trick. Maybe it's like a, like a showdown thing. No, no, it took me to the console. Does it fight for you, too? Okay. Super uh, Mario Galaxy 2 all over again! Oh, man, so, so do, do, do I have to make a note every time you, you use this? Well, what am I supposed to do, man? Like, where, where are we going to put all of our wit? God, is, that, is our last refuge gone? We're useless now, Cole. Useless! My mom was right. I can't let her be right. I can't. Uh, get the phone. Uh, Hello? Yeah, this isn't a great time. My world is shattering it. Wait. You're crazy, Hammond. You're gonna get a Oh, that's kill. awful. Okay, so the service is on Tuesday. Thank you. Is everything okay? <sighs> Remember our Sunday school teacher, Darmond? Um, he just died in a plane crash. They spun in. Why would God take Darmond from us? I don't know, man. We can't let it stop us. Darmond would have wanted us to go on. When I think of the horror and misery of dead space, when I think of being alone in the cold and hostile bowels of a nightmare ship, I think of what life will be like without my Sunday school teacher, Darmond. He was such a special, a true paragon, a shining light that guided the way for all young men who wanted to be gamers for Christ. Real people who would do, be out there. Do you remember there. that time that he bought us root beer and he, he, he pretended it was beer? Because that was really fun, you know? Like, Diamond Dave Darmond is like this. In closing, we dedicate this Dead Space game fact to you, Darmond. We live with our arms outstretched, hoping to rise to your example.
All right. I think that's good. Okay. Um, let's just slap some ASCII yard of a middle finger on this bad boy and call it a night. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. You're listening to Watch Out for Fireballs. It is a Games Club podcast. Yes, and this week we are talking about Dead Space, which is a survival horror game developed by EA Redwood Shores and published by Electronic Arts for the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, and PC in 2008. Indeed. Um, Yeah, this is uh, our spring survival horror game. Yeah. Getting spooky in the spring. Mm -hmm. Time for for spring screaming. (laughs) Um, This doesn't sound enough like cleaning to work. (laughs) <laughs> the uh, the uh, so the design and controls and perspective of this game uh, are very similar, heavily influenced by Resident Evil Four, yes, um, explicitly so. So in fact, uh, the game was originally being made as System Shock Three, and you can tell and then the, it's it has the, the story of System Shock Two, um, kind you know, more or less. Yeah, and uh, so they they played RE Four and it's like, no, let's do that instead. Yeah, and uh, they kind of restarted and made their own thing. Yeah, you can actually see uh, images of, the, of this thing. They they had some uh, um, kind of development shots on the original Xbox. Like this game mm. was in development for a for a long time, actually. Um, but you can yeah. see like low low poly, low res Isaac uh, stomping folks. Um, well, but, yeah, it's like uh, the Flash version versus the uh, Afterbirth Plus oh, version yeah. of Isaac. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the game takes place from a th- uh, third person kind of over the shoulder perspective. Uh, and it's very much all about aiming. You know, it's kind of strange that we chose to do these two uh, right next to each other, Resident Evil 4 and this. Uh, but they are uh, very similar. And you can kind of, I think there's something to be seen from the comparison. I, I think there's a lot to be seen uh, with a comparison. And for me, this is a real, like, I'm, I'm, I've actually, like, thinking about this game since I played it. I was pretty cranky when I played it. I was mm-hmm. high in crankulons. Uh, my crankogens were through the roof. And then now that time has gone by, my crankogens have lowered and I can appreciate it a little bit more. I think this game suffers a lot by comparison to RE4. Yeah. This to me, uh, because when you say it is about aiming, uh, I think that's true. I also think that this game is kind of hamstrung by its desire to constantly throw a monster in your face. Mm-hmm. And I think that almost every aspect of the game is hamstrung by that. Yeah. Like predominantly the pacing, but also this aiming bit where like it's pretty rare that something is not running at you at full speed it's not barreling down on you yeah you know and and they they give you a mechanic to get around that but you also have to aim that so like it's just uh it doesn't for me it doesn't hit the same pleasure centers in my brain that re4 does which like i think when you talked about that it's like oh this is like a slow action game like Mm -hmm. take your time you line up your shot it's there's a methodicalness to it that is really like sorely lacking here yeah i think it makes it a little bit like while there are like a lot of cool things about it like i said it, my opinion of it has kind of improved as it's set with me mm-hmm. um it's it's not it doesn't feel as special 
right to me because of that and there's there's a lot that the window dressing of resident evil 4 brings to it um that this game lacks and that's a bit of an unfair comparison because resident evil 4 is a comedy whereas this is you know a a very um i was about to say like bold but it is a very um let's say saturated uh kind of adaptation or appropriation of like aliens you know yeah like it's, it's, it's an abandoned space station story yeah like yeah. yeah there's only no no one will ever find an abandoned space station that isn't full of this shit right like if you abandon a space station you are just creating a hermit crab shell for horror <laughs> right you know um and it's it's you know the first half of re4 though isn't a comedy right you know so that first half when it's supposed to be horror i still think that the mechanics make the horror work better in re4 than mm-hmm. they they do here yeah uh or like maybe not, not uh, mechanics so much as like encounter design yeah like the you know that uh and it, i just i think it's a it's a big difference mm-hmm. you know it is a weird thing for a game that like i love re4 mm-hmm. an re4 clone should be like 100 up my my alley and i think that this is tells me a lot about like what made re4 special yeah well this... simultaneously doing some special things on its own too yeah yeah there there, there, there is some stuff to recommend this it's just oh, totally. pa- it's paced more like um an action game than the, the than you know it's obvious inspiration you know yes yeah. yeah and and i don't i don't think it would have lost that much from toning that down a little bit yeah just as coach you know? like you can keep it oppressive um in fact i think the atmosphere um when it allows there to be atmosphere uh is mm-hmm. fucking great there, especially in uh, specific moments, like there yeah. are moments where you get to a place and it's like, this is this is great. Yeah, um, this is really, really spooky and good. I think just kind of the, uh, you know, if I'm in a hallway with vents in it, there is no atmosphere. Right. Because I know what vents mean. <laughs> um, something like on. on you, Denton, yeah, J.C. Denton's going to come out. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. Hello. Like holding holding a pair of bombs. <laughs> the, um, Some the, bombs. Uh, <laughs> um, the. Uh, it's really just made it uh, something that I thought of when I first started playing the game. And this kind of remained true through the whole thing is, and I, I haven't seen this written anywhere. I think this game owns, owes a tremendous debt uh, to doom three. Mm-hmm. Like it is, uh, you know, and doom, I'm kind of a doom three defender. Like everybody hates doom three. I think doom three is kind of good, yep. um, but it is very much like I'm in a room. Here's, <laughs> you know, Oh, this looks like a bot. This looks like an enemy arena where a bunch of guys are going to pop out. Yeah. And then you do. And it does. Mm-hmm. And dead space, does, dead space does it like there is no, there are no big rooms in dead space that don't lock down with a bunch of enemies that come in. Yeah. Like they quite literally don't exist. Lock down like shutters close up because of contamination dog. Everything is contaminated. Yeah. It's, it's why, why now? <laughs> so there's just, I, I think it just, you know, another thing when we talked about RE4, when you praise that is like, Oh, the, here, the first five levels are all, different theses mm-hmm. you know like you start out and it's like oh this is a uh, slow methodical trap clearing this is uh you know a survival against a timer this is a sniping area in a large open space like dead space doesn't have that variety no there's just, just has... hallways and big rooms and they both act the same hallways big rooms and enemies they have to shoot in different places yeah you know which the enemies are fun to fight and stuff like it's still cool on its own yeah. terms like the, the, I just, the, yeah. the 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 uh, the amount of time that that loop is satisfying is very constricted in, I think so. In Dead Space as well. Like, I love, I don't know, we're, I, I'm going to just drop a lot of sugar. I think the plasma, the, the plasma cutter in this is one of my favorite weapons of games. I think so, too. Yeah. I think that I think that's phenomenal. And, like, let's we'll go back to the notes because a lot of the good stuff about this we're coming up to you. Yeah. Um, specifically with the the protagonist and, like, who yep. he is and how that informs how you play. Yeah. Um, so, you, so you, you're a silent protagonist. You play uh, Isaac Clark. Subtle. <laughs> um, who uh, mostly uses, uh, he's, he's an engineer uh-huh. and, you know, he's kind of a big guy. He looks like he might have failed, you know, failed shop, but he's not, uh, you know, he's not a space Marine. 
No. So he uses a lot of uh, power tools. Yeah. <laughs> which so. is which is great. Um, you know, he's yeah. he's wearing like a mining rig, and most of the weapons that you pick rig. up and, <laughs> it's, a cap, it's a capital rig. Like it's yeah. all right. It's an acronym. Yeah. There. Uh, something. Yeah. It's something like that. Um, but yeah, you're wearing you're wearing this rig. It's like a like like a space armor kind of thing. It'll protect you in a vacuum and you know provide a little bit of armor. It's it's got a really cool look, a really cool design with like that ribbing on it, providing like mm-hmm. armor against stuff that's kicking it around. Um, but yeah, like everything that you're doing, like there is one actual weapon in the game. And, and it yeah, it's pretty bad except for its alternate fire, which is incredibly constricted. Mm. Yeah, it, it's a uh, so most you know, the fact that your most handy tool in this is literally something they would use on the ship. Like there is kind of a consistent like diegesis, mm-hmm. you know, like di- di- uh, diegeticness to this. Yeah, uh, d- the, the, the really dianetics great. comes later. <laughs> um not enough like it, it's like i wish that was a plot but instead it's just Waylon yutani like yeah. is literally Waylon yutani again the, um, the, the the scientology stuff is more clear the unitology stuff is more clear in two and three that's that's my understanding yeah i just don't know why they would swerve away from that into something that i think sucks yeah uh because I, I i don't think the plot in this is very good i think it swerves towards being good mm-hmm. and then just lands somewhere shitty um but the uh uh you know, th- that kind of consistency, like I'm on a mining planet, so mm-hmm. I would find these tools because yeah. these, this would be used. And even the like I slow down time, it's like, oh, that's actually very useful for doing this <laughs> construction shit. Like, yeah. You know, it, it's I really like that part. That's probably like the single strongest thing about this game, I think, or the coolest yeah. thing about it. Yeah. Is, you know, it, and it makes me want like other space combat games with different jobs. Yeah. You know, like I want like this, but like with a doctor and it's like all, you know, like surgery saws and forceps yeah. and shit the uh the, pla- the plasma uh cutter from two he actually uh rips apart and jury rigs a medical laser into it mm, yeah. that's really cool yeah and then you know i want to get like a plasma speculum <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's like i just it's just this kind of mundanity uh, i think is super cool yeah um i'm a little bit conflicted because his job as an engineer um informs the missions right you know you are being ordered around by the space marine and there's a little bit of an element of kind of arkham knight in this like hey we need the data from this place etc but what you're doing is actually trying to shore up the systems on this ship that is basically crashing into the planet <laughs> you know mm-hmm. trying to stay alive so you can get some kind of escape you know so a lot of the missions are go here and get this um well, so it's funny because when you when you talked about uh tomb raider having a three paragraph essay structure mm-hmm. i thought of that with this too yeah like a lot of times it's like hey you know the the community not so much as communication drinks it was just the first thing that popped to my mind but like mm-hmm. this system is failing in order for it to go you have to go to these three places that are off this spoke you know off yeah. this hub to go fix it until you can go to the third place and fight the boss. Mm-hmm. Like the levels are pretty, pretty, you know, three paragraph essay. Yeah. I think so. Like you have a very grounded justification for being in a lot of these places, but what it leads to is there's not an awful lot of plot. There is uh, just kind of solving the mystery through these text files and audio logs and stuff like that. Quote unquote yeah. mystery, you know, as the elements yes. are um, kind of brought out. And a couple of moments of like very minor kind of environmental storytelling, like a lot of, you know, um, here's a here's a person who shot themselves. Yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, you'll run into a couple of things like that. And I I honestly wish there's a little bit more of that. Yeah, I would love more haunted house tableaus. Honestly, oh, very much so. Yeah, like pretty much any room without an enemy in it would be. Mm-hmm. You know, those are I feel like there's six of them <laughs> in the game. Like it, it just they don't. There's no restraint. So right. I would have really liked to have come into a place and been like, I'm spooky, spooked out by this. Yeah, and just let the place be spooky. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. Yeah. yeah. 
So these aliens that you're fighting, um, these are the revived and mutated crew members of the ship, um, and they are called necromorphs by the uh, by the um, you know the doctors and the scientists on the crew. So people are dying, and then something is causing them to come back to life in these horribly mutated and stretched out fashions. Yeah. Yeah. And they're pretty they're pretty good designs, I think. Like mm-hmm. the at least the basic ones are pretty cool yeah. for a zombie. You know, they're they're weird. They're a little tall, their limbs are longer than you want. They move they, in a weird way. They move super unnaturally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so they're pretty pretty much zombies, but a little bit like kind of a twist on zombies. And one of the things that is impressive about this game and the enemy design is that it plays into uh their kind of weakness, their mechanics here, is that uh for the most part, most of the enemies, uh body shots don't do a whole lot. No, it just pisses um, them off. You know, and you can you can shoot them in the body and mm-hmm. kill them eventually. But it sinks uh, your ammo. You know, yeah, it's just an ammo sink and it's a survival horror game. You had conserve ammo, so the enemies have this kind of splayed fan kind of nature to them. Their limbs are gangly and hanging off them, um, even down to like the little, the little turret guys that turn into peacocks. <laughs> you know, like everything it kind of turns into a spread hand. And the reason why is because you want to shoot off the things. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, with, your, uh, with your plasma cutter usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how you kill them is dismembering an arm, a leg, or a couple arms and a leg. Yeah, yeah. You know? So if you cut off two or three limbs, they're going to fall over. I, I, I'm sure there is some in fiction justification. There is so much extraneous fiction about this, this universe. This yeah. Weird series. Like I didn't not realize <laughs> until looking at research. I was like, oh, it's like four mobile games, and there's you know uh, these side games and a prequel movie and a comic, and yeah. there's an extended universe. Yeah, um, it, it is. The, the, there is a it, it is a transmedia property. Very much so. Yeah. Um, um, and I've already talked a lot of sugar about this plasma cutter. I love that it's um, that it's alternate uh, fire ability just rotates the beam. Yeah. You know, so like it starts out vertically oriented. But if you need to, you know, cut off the limbs of somebody whose arms are stretched up vertically, that is the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, um, learning that and just being like, oh, if I keep this horizontal, I can cut the legs out from people as they run towards me, which I need to do because everything mm-hmm. runs towards me. Yeah. Um, you know, it was really cool. <laughs> you know, it's great. Like it, it is, uh, the most fun that I had in this game was fighting basic enemies in not overwhelming numbers mm-hmm. with the plasma cutter. Yeah. You know, like the <laughs> times when it most, uh, kind of resembled resident evil four. Yeah. Like this thing is, is coming at me from a decent distance so I can take aim, shoot off its leg, you know, slow it down maybe, mm-hmm. shoot off its leg, have it like trip in slow motion, and I slowly pick off its limbs while it's floating in slow motion. Like yeah. that is the, the coolest thing that I think that you're able to do in this game. One of the funniest kind of unintended side effects of this is, you know, because they built this engine for dismembering, you know, enemy meshes that also applies to isaac himself um they get really creative with some of the uh with some of the death animations in this like depending mm-hmm. on what you die to um there are a couple of environmental hazards like i'm positive there are some kind of youtube supercut of all there ways is. that isaac can die yeah yeah like i would love to see that ac- across the series but <laughs> when every when all you have is dismembering limbs every problem looks like a nail that will uh drop you into a million pieces so there's sometimes where an enemy will just punch isaac and then he he pops apart like a crash test dummy it's like like fallout 3 <laughs> yep. or something like that you know it become it becomes that kind of thing um i guess uh, i was reading about it and i guess if you use a trainer to uh make yourself invincible mm-hmm. which i almost downloaded a trainer to give myself fucking hall strength and then you know couldn't get it to work but if you do that i was reading about it um isaac continues to get dismembered and you play through the entire game as like a walking set of bloody like hip bones <laughs> are the only things that'll survive with weapons floating by them <laughs> like no joke like oh god <laughs> 
like you know just uh, like one of those um you know i can't remember the the name of the game uh, assassin's creed yeah whatever yeah. or assassin's well, 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 creed yeah, with, the, with the teeth and eyes yeah yeah um it becomes that kind of thing because <laughs> um, you uh, you'll continue to get dismembered and this obviously plays into the uh, like another really famous thing about this game which is the stomping uh, thing which you just like literally stomp off people's court torsos <laughs> yep. yeah if there's if there's a body full or if there's a hallway full of bodies you know best to get to stomping yeah yeah these, yep. these, you, got, you got some work to do these boots were made for a particular set of skills i think i mixed yes. that up yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, i read also online I, I was like why can he stomp so hard because i think about if like my most powerful stomp Right. Like right. I, I've done some stomps. Like I'll stop if I'm dancing or something. Or I'm doing karaoke. Like stomp is my move instead of kick. Like yeah. when I was in a band, I did a lot of stomps. I'm, you know, I've, I'm not my first, <laughs> not my first like stompio. Yeah. And like the, uh, but I think about my most powerful stomp, and it would never dismember anybody. Right. Right. But he's got gravity boots on. He's yep. probably firing his like you know his thrusters or whatever to get uh-huh. you know attract himself to the ground. Yeah. And give himself fucking heel spurs. <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this is yep. this is something that so I, I know that you're resistant to like hey here's the thing that's cool about the sequel um, but um, when in two at least I've never played three um, Isaac becomes not a silent protagonist um, mm-hmm. and it's incredibly satisfying because as you're stomping uh, stomping people uh, the things that he shouts or his reactions or his animations are dependent on his health so if he's taken a fair deal of damage you're stomping he just goes fuck you yes <laughs> <laughs> like, yep. it's 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 you know. Pretty That's visceral in a, in, a, in, a, in a fun kind of campy kind of way. Yeah. I just, someday I may do the sequel. The reason why I'm resistant is because when I'm like, I don't like this thing about Dark Dead Space 1. And then just like a literal flood of dozens of people being yeah, like, play Dark Space, yeah. Dead Space 2. And I'm like, well, I just finished this and I didn't like it. Like, give me a break. <laughs> yep. Like, I, I understand it's better. There are a lot of good games out there, dog. Like, yeah. it's, you know, it's yeah. not a, it's, I'll, I'll be okay. Like, yep. let me come to it if I come to it. It'll, like, uh, it'll, it'll be a minute. Yeah. Like the, and and also it's not going anywhere, right? So it's it's uh it won't make this it won't make my problems with this better. No, like no. it won't it won't make the pacing of this better. So it doesn't you know if it's a series honor redemption thing, mm-hmm. it doesn't really matter. And yeah. like this this still needs to, this is still a product that stands on its own or not. You know, right? Right. And I think it's, I still think it's worth playing. Like it's I you know like I said I I was really cranky during it and mm-hmm. I came away from it a little bit more positive. Like I think this is a and a game that does interesting things that's worth playing that just has the fatal flaw of bad pacing. Right, right. Um, so I'll take this moment and say, as the person who has played Dead Space 2, it is very good. Um, people <laughs> who recommend that or you know, people who say that are correct. I think the environments are the, – the environments especially benefit from uh, a, a larger amount of kind of visual variety, which again mm-hmm. goes a long way in a horror game. The, the you know feels more lived in um the action is a little bit better it, the, the pacing problem is not solved it's just okay. you go into it with a different set of expectations that's um, why everyone kind of said it was much more of just a it leans into the action thing because i think some of my expectations of quiet time mm-hmm. in this game was was because i was approaching it as a horror game mm-hmm. and quiet time is paramount for horror games yeah you know like it's, it's literally the you know survival horror the basis of it is like one of the you know resident evil would not work without save rooms mm-hmm you know, it's just like just wouldn't happen. And I can the number of times I got just like, you know, bushwhacked while using the store in the safe room, quote unquote, of Fed space <laughs> is like at least a half dozen to where it eventually just became fatiguing. Like I understand mm-hmm. what they're going for, but it's you can't, you know, sustained fear is no, no longer fear. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's the same reason why we can do this podcast while our country's falling apart. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like at some point, like real life has to start again. I can't just keep being scared of necromorphs like. Right. You know, real life yeah. has started again. Um, everyone who was saying that, they were saying that the second one 
it doesn't solve that pacing, but the dissonance isn't there. Mm-hmm. Like it's much less of a horror game. It's much more of just kind of a space action game. And maybe you don't expect it to have pacing. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to, I would have to play them closer to each other because I played Dead Space around the time that it came out, and like this was mm-hmm. part of 2008 being an oddly tremendous year for games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, especially EA had done a lot of really good stuff that year, so like this was a huge thing. And then I played Dead Space Two like three years later when it came out, and that was it. So mm-hmm. I don't have that. I don't. I don't have like the immediate things to pull. Um, if something is, you know, shows up better. Um, in Dead Space 2, I'll probably mention it here just so we don't get a you forgot. But uh, yeah. but yeah, like I've played it. It's good. Uh, it's probably not showing up on the show for a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, if, if we do it, it will be a long time. Yeah. You know, and, and you know, I'm I'm also like I've got uh, Tides of Numenera over my shoulder. Like I've got stuff <laughs> to play. I'm not hurrying for a sequel to a game that I thought was like a 7 out of 10. So yeah. it's, you know, it's a uh, but I'm, I'm glad you're going to point out those things that get better because it does make me if I do eventually go back to it, I do want to know. Yeah, that they you know some things got fixed. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's also like I'm people love this game. Like mm-hmm. it's not uh, I'm not trying to say this to make myself seem like a cool rebel, but it's like me saying this. It's not by no means the critical consensus. Like this is no, a really no. really well lo- well loved game. Like it, it reviewed I don't think very other, well. It reviewed very yeah. well, and like we we have a tr- a lot of responses on this. Like so many that I couldn't fit them in, and most of them are glaringly positive. Yeah, so it's it's just it's just me who had this problem, and part of it. You know, I, I part of it, I, I'll eat some crow because it's it's based at least a little bit on expectations. But like mm-hmm. at the same time, those expectations were set by, uh, you know, the game's genre on the shelf. Like it is supposed <laughs> to be a survival horror game. And I expect certain things from a survival horror game. And this, you know, misses a big part of that for me yeah. as a fan of that genre, like and a I, big fan of that genre, you know. When I was when I was talking about this for the show, I think I fell into a trap because the common comparison between Dead Space One and Two was, "Hey, Dead Space One is Alien, but Dead Space Two is Aliens." Mm-hmm. That discounts the fact that Dead Space One is far more action heavy than than, than Alien was. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, it that, could be a proportion thing, but it's yeah. not a direct one to one. Like, it is much more. So they ramp up the action even further. Like, Dead right. Space One is like Aliens. <laughs> and then Dead Space 2 would be like, what, Alien Resurrection? I don't know. I don't I, I've never seen Alien <laughs> Resurrection. <laughs> no, I'm just trying to be mean. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, it's a bad movie. But I don't actually – I was just beating, oh, beating yeah. people. Um, <laughs> don't don't beat on the show. I know. Yeah. Hey, I can't, you can't beat hard or hardly beaten. Like it's not <laughs> kind of thing I can stop. Um, it's like crank, like literally. <laughs> like, uh, so anywho, like it, it is something where uh, – you know, this, and then it's not, and then people also were like, "Hey, why did you do this one instead of this other one? It's this one's better." And like, there is kind of a heuristic for whether we do the best entry in a series or the first one. Mm-hmm. I think, um, but it, it's you know, it it varies enough to maybe be hard to explain. Where it's like, yeah. in my mind, if it seems unlikely we'll do anything else in the series, we try to do the best thing that's representative from it. Mm-hmm. However, we're kind of in this for the long haul, uh, <laughs> and. You know, this is not a series. This is a series that has at least a couple of games that are worth talking about. Like everybody hates Dead Space Three, but everybody likes Dead Space Two and One. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes sense to do this one because if we did Dead Space Two, we'd never go back and do One. Yeah, you know that'd be weird. Like yeah. I, I feel like it'd be weird <laughs> to do the prequel to it and do the one that's like, oh, it's the same thing but a little bit worse. Right. You know, yeah. like so doing it this way means that in maybe you know two or three years, maybe mm-hmm. we'll do Dead Space Two. Yeah, you and know? and Dead Space Two's emotional hook, the core that kind of drives it forward. Uh, mm-hmm. is meaningless without without some of the context you get from Dark Souls. Yeah, totally. Or from Dead Space One, no. sorry. So it, it's not a, it's, 
you know, it's it's kind of a, a when people have made that criticism or, or who are asking that question, like, why would you do this? It's like mm-hmm. it's just kind of what the the show is. It's not, um, you know, it's it's not our, kind of our place to like do the. Uh, you know, we're not cheerleaders, and we're not like trying to like do the best of the series. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, I don't feel like that's a, that's really what we're doing. And there's also stuff to recommend this experience. You know, totally. Even yeah, like, so, so there, there's stuff here that Dead Space Two just doesn't have. Yeah. So I feel I feel good about the choice, even again, even if my crankogens were high. So <laughs> and I was never as cranky. Like there are some parts of this that I'm kind of down on because they're kind of goofy. Um, mm-hmm. I, I I never ran out of patience like I like I'm led to believe you did. I like other than the uh, the blast yields part, um, running out of patience is probably not so much what it was. I just found the experience a little bit exhausting. Yeah. Like just the kind of the sameness of the encounter designs killed it for me. Yeah. You know, so by the time it was over, I was really ready for it to be over rather than wanting more, mm-hmm. you know, which is the the opposite side of that golf you want to be on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, let's let's talk a little bit more about the systems yes. here because we're, we're still in firmly in stuff that like I like <laughs> uh, here. Um, I think the alternate fire thing is great, uh, like a great way to add variety to your weapons. Mm-hmm. And I think Dead Space does it really well. Um, they're all really different. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you have your main kind of bread and butter thing, but then you have something that's like more situational. Uh, and you can find situations for most of these. Mm-hmm. Um, I there I didn't because of your upgrade economy. Like I was like, oh, I think I meant to choose two weapons and stick with them, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I tried everything, and it was fun to try them, and I could see ways that they would almost all be useful. Yeah, and there's some, there's some weapons where the where the secondary fire is actually a better use of that ammo. Um, I'm thinking mm-hmm. of one. I forget the name of it. It's like the contact gun that in its regular form is like a BFG, but if you press the alternate fire, it does like an AOE attack around you. Which yeah. in a game where people are coming, where enemies are coming at you, where forward people are coming at you, like that is a tremendous oh fuck, get out of jail free kind of button to yeah. you know to, to 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 jump to. Also, um, if you have you know you have four four quick slots at your disposal, um, a huge part of the loop of this game is that it gives you ammunition for like something that you don't have. So oftentimes you are switching depending on what you have ammo for, and so well, it gives you good. It gives you ammunition depending on what you are carrying. Yeah, yeah, not, yeah. Does it? Yeah, it, it doesn't give you ammunition depending on what you don't have. So yeah, that, you're that, not that, going that, to. Yeah. yeah. So so you're not going to. Um, so that actually made uh, to me discouraged diversifying my arsenal hmm. because it's like if I have, um, you know, if I have, if I concentrate on two weapons, they're going to be highly upgraded, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm always going to have ammo for them. Yeah. You know, and that's and that worked for me, and that's how I played through the game. Um, you know, I can see the other thing, but because inventory is limited, mm-hmm. if I'm rocking with four weapons, like weapon ammo is going to be scarce for all four of those weapons kind of all the time. Yeah. So if I have a situational weapon, like I don't want to get that much contact gun ammo <laughs> if I'm just using it when I'm in certain situations. Mm-hmm. I need that plasma cutter, you know, ammo. Yeah. I, I thought it was a lot of fun to like scramble and look and see what was available. I don't know. That was like a self-imposed kind of rhythm that I put on myself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, well, um, all I have left is line <laughs> is, is is line racks. So let's let's light them up, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I wonder if this is also me going into it with a traditional survival horror thing of like, mm. I need to have lots of ammo. I need to be very conservative with this. Yeah. Um, you know, so for me, having a, an ammo store um, also, but I, I always needed it. Like when mm-hmm. I, you know, all the bosses, like I didn't finish any of the bosses with tons of extra ammo, you know, so even even keeping down to two weapons uh i still like went through my ammo yeah so i don't know like i don't actually know what the what the difference is there in those those two kind of play things because the only weapon that does appreciably more damage is that contact gun yeah um everything else does around the same same amount of damage mm-hmm. 
So you're not getting a, a greater return on your you know lack of ammo. Yeah, it's a similar number of shots. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you can upgrade these weapons um, at these workbenches that are found throughout the world um, using these power cores, uh, which are very smartly handed out um, for kind of exploring off the main path and finding them in mm-hmm. these boxes. Um, exploring off the main path is really good, be, especially when they make the main path obviously apparent, which, you know, and a mechanic that we're going to talk about. Um, but, uh, the upgrade system in this, uh, is kind of, you are, you have this tree where you're allocating these. So sometimes you have to just sink a core in order to open up some stuff that will actually change the stats of your, of your stuff. Yeah. What do you, how do you feel about the empty, empty cores or the empty slots on these? I'm fine with it, knowing that I'm pretty much only ever going to upgrade my plasma cutter and my rig. Sorry, my okay. rig. Um, Rigs. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, it, so effectively, what it means is like beyond a certain point, getting those damage upgrade requires two. Like it would be no different than hey, this node requires two of these, and you can you can pick your shots and just and prioritize which way you want to go to unlock those other ones. Yeah. So it's it's not necessarily. Um, a mandatory tax because oftentimes those empty ones are put um, at a uh, at a branching point or beyond a branching point. Yeah, like you'll 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 definitely have to fill up some empty ones. It just depends. You can choose on the one that gives you reload and fire speed versus the one that gives you damage and capacity. Yeah, you know, um, I I felt a little discouraged by them because power cores were so rare. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is ameliorated by the fact that you can buy them. Mm-hmm. Um, but early on, when I was kind of hoarding everything before, again, I switched to that kind of like two weapon, you know. I, d- I didn't buy ammo, you know, because I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't need to because I had ammo, yeah. um, things like that. So it ended up working out good for me uh, eventually, but it took a little while for the economy to kind of kick in. Yeah. And I grew to like it um, and be okay with the negative spaces. I still think it would have been kind of, you know, an incremental upgrade at that point, like something very small as opposed to having it be quite so grand, you know, uh, so quantized, like might have felt psychologically better. Yeah. You know, like. You know, point uh, point two reload speed, and then when you get to an actual node, it's point five. Mm-hmm. You know, something like that, like might have just felt like less of a waste because when you go to spend your nodes and you have one node and you can only spend it on blank spaces, like it feels shitty. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's it's I it's pretty it's pretty tight and it's pretty like you know, but in a in a way that I think is kind of right. Yeah, like I came away from it with two fully upgraded weapons and a fully upgraded rig, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I couldn't put you know a couple points in stasis, and that's really all I could do. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. and it, that was it felt appropriate. It makes you make a choice about the weapons that you're going to lean on, kind of primarily. You know, yes. And it's also something that you know it's. It, I feel like it's designed well for your first for your first go around. Um, one of your rewards for like a new game plus approach, you know, every time you prestige in it or whatever, in it or whatever, it gives you a shitload of credits and also a shitload of power cores. So your second mm-hmm. approach is always going to be with a more upgraded thing. Yeah, or you know, more more ability to put these upgrades in. Yeah, um, you can also these power cores, and this is part of the reason why the economy seems so tight. And it took me a couple of these rooms to really figure it out. Um, is that these uh, there are storage rooms that need a power core to open them. And they're just kind of treasure treasure rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, in general, with a with a power core costing ten thousand, you know, digit creds, um, I did not find these rooms to be worth it. Like no. I could usually buy, um, but I guess this is a thing when uh, on like hard and extreme difficulty. Mm-hmm. Like this is a really good use of your power cores because you're going to need that healing. Yeah. So when I was reading online, I was like, why would anyone do this? And <laughs> and that's what people were saying. Yeah. So it's like a, it's an instant gratification thing versus um, versus fighting through with less health, but having an advantage um, for the rest of the game. 
Yes. You know? Yeah, permanent upgrade versus a temporary one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Death Space also uh, kind of cribs Resident Evil 4 sliding difficulty by giving you health and ammo when you need it, um, mm-hmm. which works. Like, that is a good system. It is always nice when you take somebody out and then, boom, there's a health or, boom, there's some plasma. Um, I think mm-hmm. that is generally good as opposed to really going full survival horror and restricting them and making them finite within the world. It's uh, It goes the other way as well. Like, enemies will show up when you're doing better. Yeah. Um, that don't show up there, which I didn't. Uh, they do a pretty good job of, of hiding that. Mm-hmm. Um, when like literally every surface is covered with monster closets, like there's a vent <laughs> in every room. So like they can spawn a monster anytime they want. Yeah. Um, so there's a little bit of that, like left for dead director feeling to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I still I think I would have preferred to like I don't know if it hits the balance quite as well mm-hmm. for me. No, as it's, like, it's a matter of degrees, I think. Yeah. In a lot of ways. It's uh, but I mean, it's it's pretty rare, you know. After I would clear a room and I would use a lot of my ammo, I would find a lot of ammo, you know, enough to get me to the next spot. Like that part of it works pretty well. Yeah. Um, it's just I think it's the re- the thing that makes it less good to me than the RE4 version is that RE4 like it would change like room layouts, and it's just like, well, it's like does Dead Space have room layouts when it's just again just everything rushes at you from all angles? Like it yeah. does. There are a couple of set pieces where there are constricted hallways or walkways or something, but for the most part. A room with four enemies will, you know, is more similar to a you know a room with five enemies. It's just a little bit difficult, more yeah. difficult. When you say room layouts, you're not, you're not talking about the actual geometry. You're talking about placement of enemies. Yeah, and counter design. Yeah, is, is what I mean. Yeah, thank you for clarifying because that's um, which which plays into the room layout. Mm-hmm. But like, I think back to that um, that protect Ashley while she does the crank thing in RE4, mm-hmm. where it's like you know there are two snipers on the walkway if you <laughs> uh, if you're doing really well, and like there's nothing that sophisticated. Like it doesn't change the difficulty up in any way other than just adding some more necromorphs right. to rush at you, you know, like it, it's, it's a little bit less articulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a money system, um, which is useful. Uh, you pick up creds uh, around the world and off of these, uh, these enemies um, and use these automated stores to turn these schematics that you find um, into new weapons uh, for you to pick up. Anytime you find a new schematic, um, boy, oh boy, when you find a new rig, uh, that is Christmas mm-hmm. morning. Uh, but yep. new weapons are also cool too because you have a new verb to play around with, um, and you can also refill your health and ammo. Although it although it feels very expensive uh, to kind of get some emergency meds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I you know ended up buying you know buying some because of yeah, yeah. Uh, having a hard time with this, but it is it's spendy. Um, your inventory is limited, but you don't have to worry about the size of anything. Right. There's no Tetrising, um, which is fine, even though I got frustrated when I was like, I have three schematics and they won't give me a fucking store. Like, <laughs> I want to pick up this ammo. But for the most part, it was fine. Yeah, it was. Um, it got a little bit tedious because you would find ammo. It would say no room. Burp, burp, um, and then I would just cycle to all my weapons and then try and reload them to, to, yeah. to, to free up a slot. Yeah. Um, so you have two uh, different kind of like utility verbs, which, again, makes sense for that engineering job. Uh, they help you manipulate your environment, and they're both pretty cool, I think. Yeah. Um, stasis is a beam that slows things down. It is a, a slow motion bullet time thing that affects an object rather than just kind of your perception. Yep. Um, it's a limited resource. It's a little meter on your back, and uh, you know it starts off as just kind of like really cleverly they show you you know how somebody might use it in the game world, um, you know just kind of manipulate your environment to get through essentially a sense fortress you know, blade trap thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then uh, it actually becomes really useful to kind of tactically use it on enemies um, to slow them down. So you can, again, take those kind of shots and turn it into RE4. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It buys you some time. There's some enemies that are drastically easier if you're able to, like, freeze them in a charge or, you know, yes. keep them from j- jittering around or jumping, you know, from floor to ceiling, things like that. I think it's necessary for, like, 
two of the uh, the repeating like boss fights. Yeah. Like the like I need to stick the nemesis in a you know a jet engine or whatever. <laughs> oh <laughs> kind yeah. Of boss yeah. fight that they do twice. I, I don't know how you do that without stasis. No, no, yeah. it's it, it's it's absolutely required. Um, but it's good. It's like it is a nice. Um, it is a very nice kind of variation on the bullet time, um, kind of, kind of formula, um, that it's situational, uh, but it's visually very cool too. Yeah. It, oh yeah. It looks really neat. Yeah. Um, it's also, it's mandatory for a lot of parts. Like when you said it, when we said it was mandatory for that boss fight, like maybe it technically isn't, it actually is mandatory for some puzzles. Yeah. So they put recharge stations around, but you also can have a resource that refills this, mm-hmm. um, which I did not use a whole lot because inventory was limited mm-hmm. um i mostly relied on those stations yeah you know and just kind of like made loops back to the the recharge stations when i could to make sure my stasis was topped off they're very generous um with those stations and even in fights or situations where it's required uh, all of a sudden those are going to start dropping a lot more often yeah yeah yep, yep. so it's kind in that way um your other module is kinesis uh which gives you telekinesis powers uh, Kyle, mm-hmm. mind bullets. Um, but um, that lets you kind of move things remotely and pick them up. So this is a way to do like weird physics, physics puzzle kind of things to like load these batteries into slots in the zero G sections. Um, you're often, you know, moving things around uh, debris to get out of the way or, you know, jettisoning it into space. Uh, but even mm-hmm. in combat, um, this is pretty useful because oftentimes the environment will be, will be filled with these small little exploding gas cans that you can throw. Or I don't know if you noticed this, you can pick up detached alien claws and use those um in mm-hmm. lieu in lieu of uh weapons and the nice thing is in this game uh kinesis is not limited yeah yeah there's actually a little bit of evidence that used to be mm-hmm. um if you look at it, there are references uh to things of like refilling your kinesis yeah you know so i think that at some point there were this was like a thing we'd have stations but as it that is would, that would have made some of those puzzle sequences just but like really tedious <laughs> yeah. you know like any of the, the puzzle sequences where it's thesis involved and you can fail or uh, zero oxygen ones where there's an air mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And those become very tedious because you have to make your runs back to the air air station, I think. Yeah. Um, the kinesis thing, like I never got my hand on using it in combat because the combat was too quick. Yep. Um, but I liked I mean, I like it in theory. Mm-hmm. You know, if uh, I like the idea of, and every once in a while I could throw a gas can at somebody. But again, everything was rushing me all the time. So, yeah. I very rarely had time to do it. It's most useful for those wall men, the ones that throw out the little pods. Um, oh, sure. Yeah. I mean, and it's useful there because you you never encounter those with something else. Mm. So you can always yeah. like <laughs> run back to a previous room, grab one of those, and that will take them out right away. Yeah. yeah. And the, and otherwise, they're tanky as shit. Yeah. And you know, they, they have a lot of limbs to, to sever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned those vacuum sections. You know, sometimes you go to a depressurized uh, portion of the ship um, and you have a limited amount of air on those. That is something you can, uh, you can upgrade and it's worth doing so because, you know, hitting the bottom on that is bad news, as you would expect. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, giving yourself more time in these oftentimes constricted situations where they're slowly getting combat uh, is worthwhile. And and for the most part, like I, I so you can add to that. Um, they'll always give you an air station like you'll always yeah. have enough air with your base air here you know um and the something i mean i'm sure it's a bullet point later in general but i think the sound design during these parts is probably the strongest it gets in the game oh it's so good (laughs) um yeah this this is uh this is as the the best the best and most unique scare in the game happens in one of these things i think (laughs) and the um in general uh taking away your because they do something very similar we're going to talk about zero g sections next where next time Mm -hmm. where they take away uh your perspective like they make it so oh all of a sudden i have an infinite sphere of angles to watch from Mm -hmm. um that I didn't think it was as nearly successful as just taking away your hearing. Yeah. Um, because it, it really underlines how much you're using your hearing to, you know, work in a survival horror kind of context, like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So what we're talking about with that sound design, you know, since it's in a vacuum, sound cannot carry. So all you're going to hear is this muffled stuff, like whatever vibrates your suit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll hear steps. You'll occasionally hear something big, but for the most part, you won't hear just creatures moving around. Yeah. Um, and that's that's great. Like that, you know, just had me like like Outlast style, like looking behind my back constantly. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zero G, I think, is less successful. Um, this is where there's, you know, no no gravity. You have gravity boots, however, so you don't float around. It means you can kind of jump to other areas. Right, right. So you, uh, so you aim to a surface and then check to see if you can jump to it, and then you just kind of fly through it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and these, I think this is kind of cool. Like it got kind of weird and mind-bendy and like, Dr. Strangey, you know, like it, it's disorienting in a way that I appreciate mm-hmm. um, combat in these sections. I always found a little bit annoying just because of having to have something be able to come from any angle. Yeah. Um, specifically when they introduced the like the bombardiers, like the baby. Uh, 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 what's the, what's the, uh, the the bird peacock, the baby peacock babies? Yeah, uh, I don't know what they're know. called. The the, the yeah. monsters have very dumb names. But yeah, like the little baby, the the, the tiny little uh, like bullpup enemies. That, yeah, uh, that the, have a little, the quattos. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's very little anime variety. There's only a couple of monsters that will show up here. Um, yeah. Yeah, and they're very persistent and have projectiles. And you'll just and, be walking along, unable to see them, and then just all of a sudden, boom, you, you know, Yeah, you shot. just get hurt. Yeah. And and you don't have uh, that kind of shooter thing that, like, an indication of which direction mm-hmm. you got shot from. And you can be shot from literally any direction. Yeah. You know, so that's why I found these, like, pretty frustrating. So I would, like, turn around, you know, try to find the source of it, get hit again. Like, I just kind of got hurt in a way that felt slightly less than fair a lot in the yeah. zero G segments. Yeah. Um, I think they're more successful in puzzle. Uh, like when they're puzzle designed rather than enemy designed. Yeah. And in dead space two, um, they're much more visually diverse. Um, just like the entire game is much more visually diverse. Uh, they add a little bit more variety to the, to the gameplay on them. It's a lot of like space walk kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, as you're going on the outside of this, uh, of this colony. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's, one hugely notable thing, and people are probably ripping their hair out that we're not talking about it. So here it is. There's no traditional UI outside of the pause screen and like the start menu. Every interface that you have, your inventory, the text logs, um, your ammo counter, it's all holograms that are kind of diegetic within the world, right? Um, and this even goes down to like health meters. You will see on the back of your rig that, you know, there is a line up your spine that shows how much health you have. Um, mm-hmm. so it never, it's never modal and never takes you out of it and never feels any more artificial than a hologram that would pop up, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, I think this is a very cool design decision and the degree to which they stick with it is pretty gratifying. Yeah. This is another thing that I think is one of like the, this is really special Yeah, kind of things about this game. I think this is great. Yeah. Um, you know, again, just really, uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know, like really, really impressive. Like it has no no right to work as well as it does. Like <laughs> it seems like you would lose track of information. You don't No. Um, you know, and it actually does the kind of one of the things I like that they do is that, you know, we talked about or we talk a lot about the show on how to like give the player a pista, a pistolary information. Um, and one of the things they do is they'll have audio logs, obviously, but they'll also have video communication. But rather than making me stop and watch something at a screen, you know, it just shows up on my little wrist iPad and I can just walk <laughs> while watching it. Like they do a really good job of this. Mm hmm. Um, I love it. Yeah. Like it's super good. And that even stays up while you're fighting too. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that this is, this is one of the best things that came out of this game actually. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Something I'm a little bit more split on. I think that I'm generally pretty positive about it is the, um, the guide button. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you know the, the the sketch at the beginning of this makes makes fun of it for, for being a little bit too handholdy. Um, as somebody who gets lost in three D space, I really enjoy being able to explore freely without having to figure out okay have i been here before or which direction should i go now um this is not constrained to be like on rails right you know like the line that shows up is not the only place you can go however you can always press the button to know exactly where you should go so it's kind of contradictory it enables exploration and reduces the consequences for like wandering off the beaten path to find extra resources or find these things but you can always find you know the 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 way back right Mm mm-hmm yeah, I, I like this too. Um, yeah. And when you talk about getting lost in 3D spaces, part of that is um, the game, like it just being a lot, there are a lot of samey corridors, mm-hmm. you know, like it, it's a space station. Um, but it uh, it makes sense. It would be the kind of thing that like, again, you would have as an engineer on the space station. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'd follow these little guide things. Yeah. And it's totally optional. Like, I, I don't know if there was like a big uproar about complaining about it. Um, maybe that is like a post souls world that would have that, you know, <laughs> where people would be like, oh, this is holding your hand. Um, I didn't, I never saw it that way. I just yeah. saw it as like, because the, the resource for figuring out where to go is always available to you. Right. I could alt tab and go to a game fact, mm-hmm. you know, or I could alt tab and look up a map. Yeah. So just, you know, it's really like, it's just the question of how easy you want to make this thing that I have the, op- you'll never take the option for me to do away. Yeah. You know, here's the baggage um, that I'm bringing to this. Did you ever play perfect dark zero? Uh, no, but I'm familiar. I know they have a similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. So in that. Um, they have um, levels where you can wander around. If you're lost for a long enough time, it will just pop up arrows that show you where to go, mm. which there it yeah. feels like a failing of level design, right? Like make it so I can never get lost in the first place. If you're just going to put this in, it feels like a, uh, it feels less like a system they designed around and, and more like something that was put in in order to bandaid over an existing problem. Yeah. Some, you know, I come into this with that kind of baggage and association and also generally being eh, not that crazy about handholding, especially in a survival horror game where getting lost um, is kind of part of the fun and part of being scared. Um, but like it is a convenience and it is something that lets you focus on getting to the next action sequence. There's there's such a difference in between uh, opting into something like that and having it tell you. <sighs> yeah. Having you it know, say, like, like I, hey, dummy, here, go, go here. Yeah. There's something like probably to the you know, some connected DNA with like anytime a game is just kind of like making fun of you or, or being like, Hey, do this, mm-hmm. you know, coming to you. Like, I, I don't know if it's exactly, it's not exactly the same at all, but it it's like the DNA with like the chicken hat and Metal Gear Solid five or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like, and, and I don't, uh, I don't need a game to like, don't come to me. I don't know. <laughs> like just kind of in general, like the more it's not so much about not handholding because I want to be able to get direction, mm-hmm. you know? If, if like, if Navi was a button, Navi would be good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like no joke. Like if I, it's like, yeah. I, I have her in a jar. I feed her a chicken head once a week. <laughs> I, if, if whenever I want to, I can pull her out and say like, and she'll go, Hey, listen, and like point at a thing. Uh-huh. That's the next thing I need to do. That would make, that would solve that problem. Yeah. And it wouldn't be like, cause I mean, someday we'll do Ocarina. And I think Navi is not like people go, Oh, Navi's not so bad. No, Navi, I think is as bad as everyone says. Like <laughs> yep. I hate Navi so much. And I played that game recently. Like I think that game, I think she's, I think that game is okay. is good. But I think she's very bad. Yeah. And uh, if she was just a button, it would be good. Mm-hmm. Like it would be great. Um, yep. Just ha- ha- yeah. have an on-screen element that lights up whenever there's a hint. Yeah. yeah. Let me come to you. It's the same thing. Like you go into a Best Buy. Like, you <laughs> don't know, interrupt just, me. <laughs> yeah. Don't interrupt me. I, I know what a DVD is. I'm just looking through them. Like, let me come to you. Yep. Always let me come to you, except always have prices on your shit. I don't want to come to you to like haggle. <laughs> you know, there's there's just a correct way to purport yourself, guys. <laughs> World. Uh, <laughs> like, Putting the system on trial. <laughs> yeah, goddammit. Like, 
Mad as hell. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna. I'm gonna take it as long as uh, I live. Yeah. Um, so the uh, but it. I just. Uh, I think this button is great. Yeah. Um, and I and I used it a lot. Um, it also for me like papered over parts where I was like you know because my patience ebbed and flowed. So mm-hmm. I'd be like, this is annoying. Uh, I'm just gonna kind of ride the line for for one fourth of a level, and then I would run into something interesting, and then I would kind of <laughs> slow down and you know, be back into the, the game a little bit. Yeah. It gets rid you of know? the JRPG problem of like, okay, I'm at a branch in the path. I'm going to walk to walk to one, um, and then like go down it and realize this is the place where I need to go. Fuck. Well, I guess I better go back and look at that other place because I guess there's a good thing yes. at the path. I can see, okay, this is where I need to go. Let me go this other so this direction. First. Yeah. will not have a torn out wall that leads to the actual critical path. Like, yeah, this is just going to lead to some graffiti and like, weirdly one of the only places in the game that has restraint. Like I don't know if I ever got attacked in a bathroom and I'm really surprised. Like it seems obvious, but yeah, it's cause it's too small or something. Maybe. Um, but yeah, so you could always check out a bathroom, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So the uh, the visual design of this game um, is it's very classic sci-fi in this uh, way, this very alien way. You know, the ship from Alien or like Event Horizon. Yeah. Um, that kind of uh, working space. Yeah. Very uh, space very very industrial, very dark, very Spartan, very functional. Yes. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, which makes it good when you get to places where it's obviously like there's a there's an area for executives near the end of the game, and it's like, whoa, this is completely different. Yes. Yeah. Um, so the monster designs, uh, I thought this was a little grisly. They looked at car p- pictures of car crash victims to get, to get design cues. Yeah. Um, uh, which is kind of fucked up, but, uh, you know, these are fucked up monsters. So, okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, you know, okay. Like go look at some car crash victims. <laughs> yep. It's, me. it's also a weird thing to brag about, especially when you consider <laughs> that this, this studio on the, on, in the wake of this changed their name to visceral. <laughs> it's it's actually I I read so, or watched some interviews uh-huh. like some like GameSpot you know preview interviews with the, <laughs> with these guys and all all reservations or anything about the game aside like the guys who made this are real like kind of dude broy in a way that makes <laughs> it makes sense for them to brag about looking at car crash victims right right like it's they they never it, I watched two different interviews with two different guys I don't know who they are but like they never turn off like the marketing like we're just going for a fresh new. You know, fresh new mechanics that will take things to the next level for us, and they never stop selling it in this really, really hard, very EA way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's kind of gross. Yeah, um, Th- this is so the it, same studio that would go on to make uh, Dante's Inferno. Okay, yeah. I, I never played that, but it's got a reputation. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and how about that sound design, Gary? Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, um, it's it's uh, they do they do a really great job. I mean, we talked about the space. The, the zero uh, air, zero atmosphere levels. Mm-hmm. Um, or I think it's the strongest, but it's strong kind of all over. Yeah. Um, there's a, a large middle section of the game where you're, the ship is being struck by uh, asteroids. Yes. And the sound design during that is like appropriately like calamitous and, <laughs> and intense. Like yeah. they do, you know, they, generally it's great across the board. Yeah. Uh, works very well with either headphones or um, surround sound. Um, mm-hmm. Like you will hear stuff scurrying in the vents around your around your living room. Um, I don't know how often it coincides with, uh, with things that are actually going to come at you. Um, I don't know if it's just haunted house design or whatever, but like when, you know, when it's midnight and I'm hearing somebody wailing off near my bedroom, uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, good on Mm -hmm. you guys. This feels very tense and atmospheric, um, in a way that the mechanics of your game and the pacing don't often let it be those things. Yeah. 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 Agreed. Yeah. Um, there's also, as we kind of alluded to, this whole expanded universe of comics, novels, other related media, like interactive websites, ARGs, motion comics. They went whole hog 
uh, people in our community say that the novels are almost universally terrible. Oh, that's, that's weirdly <laughs> surprising that this uh, <laughs> this you know big budget video game novel adaptation is bad. <laughs> like the the coolest thing, the the best bit of the expanded universe is the prequel about when he was a. a tiny kid and his mom was a fundamentalist christian that is actually uh, not that far off because isaac's backstory is after his dad Isaac! died his 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 mom his, uh, so after his after his dad died his dad was an engineer his mom turned to unit uh i about said unitarianism that wouldn't be bad uh yeah. turned to unitology really hard and like sold off all of their possessions so they lived in this self-enforced poverty uh under the church so just think when we're in this isaac has this huge grudge against unitology anyway and his mother, <laughs> right. Isaac, and his mother. Um, yeah, that's a that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, there is a prequel um, in the Wii game Dead Space Extraction, uh, which was part of that glut of light gun based uh, games that came out on the Wii. Think uh, uh, Resident Evil Umbrella Chronicles or uh, mm-hmm. uh, House of the Dead, uh, Overkill, things like that. This is actually really good. I think it was adapted for the PlayStation Move. Uh, but picture this, you know, it, like it's strictly action based. Um, it takes place on the Ishimura as the infection is going on. Mm-hmm. And you are using the Wii remote to cut off the limbs of these things that are coming at you. I could see that working. Yeah, it is very cool and very fun. It's weird. Um, even those like Resident Evil games are really good. Yeah, like I, I like uh, I like both those. Mm-hmm. Um, so the uh, there's one of them I think is balanced for co-op, so I could never get past one of the bosses. It's the first one. Like, the first one is yeah, okay. f- fucking ridiculous. Yeah, it's really really hard. But the yeah. second one is is pretty smooth sailing, and they're cool. You know, it's it's weird because Resident Evil has a shitty history of light gun games, <laughs> and uh, they kind of redeemed it. But that was a good you know good interesting period for the Wii. Yeah. Um, not that we, you know, we've broken the Wii barrier before, but I like the idea of like digging into some weird Wii shit. Yeah. Cause uh, it's a weird system. I would love to do like, uh, for future plans, it would be nice to pair those, the, the, those Chronicles games with something. Oh yeah. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's a, there's a whole series here. If you like dead space, there's plenty of dead space, um, out there. It, it exists, uh, for a deep dive, but for yeah. now we're just talking about the first one. Um, and I will probably say this thing in the plot doesn't make sense. And then Cole will say like <laughs> later they do this and yeah. I'm like, okay. And then I will um, say, yeah, it doesn't make sense. And somebody will say, well, it's in the novel of you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that that's going to kind of happen as a, you know, work has to stand on its own. Yep. Um, it, it is a, uh, and as a thing, like this is, you know, I've got some, some issues with the plot. It kind of sucks that everything other than this game is really based on that unitology because I think that's the coolest part mm-hmm. of the plot. Um, for me, I mean, obviously like, Oh, you know, alien, the old zombies are good, yeah. but the, this whole, the idea of a religion mistaking this malevolent alien force as their God mm-hmm. is very strong and cool. Yeah. Um, and this game is not about that. It's like, it, it's, you know, it should be, but it's not. The weird thing is it's stronger here than I remember it being. Um, mm. especially after having played dead space Two, where it is incredibly strong. And a lot of the people that you're interacting with your antagonists are more directly working for that church here. It's there. Like it explains why things got as bad as they did. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it is not part of the, part of the real driver, the real, the real driving force here is the amoral corporation. Yeah. Which I, I never need to see again, really. Yeah. Like, uh, did, did you, um, did you see, uh, Arrival? No. Um, you should watch Arrival. Arrival is really good. I won't go into any more about it. So making this a really pointless tangent, but people who are listening who know Arrival know what I was going to go for. Okay. With that, um, you'd really like it. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's great. Yeah. I love, uh, I love anything that explores language. Yeah, and that's it's a it's a movie about language. Yeah, so it's uh it's it's very good, but um so people who are listening know why I brought that up. Yeah, they're not gonna cut it.
The um, so Cole, uh, tell us a little bit about the plot. Well, the plot, Gary, um, by the year 2508, humanity has colonized the stars and is uh, kind of sending out these corporations uh, with their massive ships called Planet Crackers to break up these dead alien worlds uh, to harvest their resources. Gots to get that platinum, I suppose. The, um, um, it's also the year that the last Planet Crackers franchise closed down. <laughs> so, the <laughs> unfortunately, people uh, and 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 the our mascot, uh, Crazy Crackers. <laughs> Uh, hung himself. I just picturing like uh, like Planet Crackers. It's uh, it's like it's like Cracker Barrel, except instead of having rocking chairs out front, it has one of those big gyroscopes you can you can ride <laughs> yes. around in. <laughs> I, I was literally just thinking it was a children's restaurant that just serves saltines. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like just kid, just like yeah. <laughs> oh shit. Sure. Oh shit! For two extra bucks, I can get peanut butter on these. Yeah, we got celery. <laughs> Gary, I'm not lying to you. I have a box of saltines. So you know how they come in sleeves, right? Oh, you know, absolutely. Yeah, you know, four sleeves to a box. I've got a three sleeve box of saltines that have been with me for three apartments. <laughs> <laughs> you're, rocking a, you're rocking a three by three. Yep. Three sleeve, three moves hitch. Holy shit! Yeah, I should, um, I should probably throw them out. They're they're probably like 98 percent spider eggs by this point. <laughs> But I don't know. I've gotten kind of attached to the little guys. I, you know, I, I came up with a, a, a personal rule for myself, like I, like two, you know, a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. Whereas I, I don't move food and I don't move dirty laundry. Oh like shit! I, I, you know, I always do laundry, you know, right before I move. Like I will not move a, a a hamper full of dirty laundry. That feels ridiculous to me. Yeah, yeah. It's like moving garbage, and I and I won't move food. It's like I'm just gonna eat everything I can. But if it's something that I've had forever, like this is a jar or something that yeah, I'll yeah. just like get, I'll just donate it mm-hmm. um, or toss it. And then just buy new food. Yeah, no that uh, that makes sense. Because <laughs> I, I mean, otherwise I would have have the same thing. I I went through many, maybe not cracker sleeves, but I I had many like just like here's a here's a weird sauce. Here's a packet of that like Swedish meatball sauce you get from IKEA. Oh shit! And, yeah. and it's you know it's as old as I am. Like it's it's <laughs> you know, it's my essentially my brother that I've been keeping with me. <laughs> I, I don't uh, I don't like duck sauce and they always give you like uh just tons of those like just heaping heaping helpings heaping handfuls of duck sauce when you order Chinese um instead of throwing it away I just keep it in my fridge in case, <laughs> in case somebody comes over and I can be hospitable with duck sauce yeah. you you want you're gonna meet the alien from Men in Black <laughs> <laughs> you're just gonna like toss those like leave those as a trail into a cage. <laughs> Yep. Um, anyway, so Planet Crackers harvest resources um, and kind of the paragon of these things, the Ur example, the best one in the fleet uh, is a ship called the Ishimura um, and it's gone missing, gone dark, you know, radio silent um, on this ship. There was a woman, uh, Dr. Nicole Cross, um, who was on board this and turns out that her boyfriend, Isaac Clark, is an engineer who's kind of in service of the Earth Gov. Um, yes, you know, which is called EarthGov. Yeah, not, it's just called EarthGov. I'm not. I'm not being funny. Um, so he's part of this crew that is kind of sent out. There's a sense that there's some bad blood between them. Um, like she, you know, left in a huff um, on this in order to, you know, like they, they had they had a bad split. But he is there to make sure that uh, she is okay and also to see what is happening. It is a yes. weird thing that doesn't pay off until the sequel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they they make a way. It does something in this one. Yeah, uh, it's a little weird, though. And like, we'll talk about it when we get to the big reveal, <laughs> you know, because it's like I don't really understand the timeline, you know, of this like and there's um. so somebody introduced me to uh, 
you know, when I like, I'll look at TV tropes for a game they were doing for the show. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, somebody will bring up that, con- especially for something I haven't played the sequels and stuff. People will bring up that context for me. And then I never really realized that there are all these other tabs at the top. And somebody pointed out, uh, Jeffrey Vandergroot, uh, our friend, pointed mm-hmm. out the wild mass uh, guessing. Oh, it's terrible. Thing. It's the worst. And then it's, oh, it's it's excruciating. Like, mm-hmm. it is so, uh, gives me the heebie jeebies. What like, if this is in the same universe as Doctor Who? Yeah, God, it, it, it makes me feel like I'm someone's walking over my grave. But there's also uh, there's other tabs for that too, and like people will do like head scratchers and like you know fridge logic, and, and it's it's TV tropes and it's you know yeah yeah like head scratchers head scratchers fridge logic head, head crotchers yeah head crotchers is that an alien is that one of the, the yeah yep, it head is burst, burst out of your head and crotch at the same time and then meets oh my in the God. middle and then they kiss yep <laughs> <laughs> they make out with their brothers it's a real McPoyle kind of situation no yeah. both of both of those like wait a minute I just figured this out later or this is never answered they're things that are just explicitly answered in the work itself. Like a lot of the time. Yeah. But this thing with this reveal with the tape, there's a lot of theories about like what's going on. Right. Because it, 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 it this was a, uh, for lack of a better word, this was a head scratcher when it, when it came up where I was like, what, uh, why, why didn't, why am I just finding this out now? Like what, <laughs> what, what is this? Cause it's before I'm under the influence of the, the, you know, the horcruxes and stuff like, I just yeah, don't, yeah. you know, I, so I don't really understand, but we'll <laughs> talk about it. Maybe you have a better idea for it than I do. Yeah. I don't, I really don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um so, so that's where we start out we start out chapter one um you know we we begin with this little cinematic we're getting the video message as as we mentioned and uh we kind of uh we come out of warp right and we get to see the uh the dead space station and uh start to land in the hangar but there's a problem with like the guidance yeah it's like the, 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 the gravity tethers or something like they yeah. grab onto it and then you just do this crash landing into the hangar yeah more gravity hangar <laughs> um, and then and then they uh they send us into the thing so we crash land yeah immediately yeah. starts with everything going to shit yeah yeah and isaac's like it's business time and then he puts on his uh his his iconic helmet and then gets to work yeah yeah Maybe so like you're you're in the little little reception station and you you fire up a console and then all of a sudden a monster appears and kills one of your dudes um and you're like locked out of it as they are shooting at this you feel very helpless you know as the uh as the room goes into lockdown yeah, yeah. So you're you know you're you're red shirts for lack of a better word. Yeah, like bite it real quick. <laughs> but yeah, like you know you're helpless at this point. You're fleeing down this hallway, and you know you get trapped by a monster in an elevator before it gets you know kind of severed by it. It's very like what do you think of the sequence of you know the of disempowerment here? Like when you're watching the thing happen. Yeah, yeah. Like or just when like when it's when it's chasing you down, and you think the guy's gonna oh, come like, at you through the elevator. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's okay. Like, it, it, you know, it's, it's not too bad. I played that actually this part when, when the game came out, oh, like yeah? this isn't my total. Yeah. I played the first hour or so of this hmm. when the game came out and bounced off it. Um, so this is me re- revisiting it after that, after that bounce. And I can't remember why, you know, yeah, I bounced yeah. off when this came out is probably like when I moved to Portland, like I was getting married and moving to Portland around when this came out. So like mm-hmm. it could have just been real life stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so I kind of, it wasn't a surprise, uh, to me. I'd already seen it before. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was all right. Yeah. Like I don't. Uh, I wasn't invested enough in the people to care too much. No, no. About it. I feel like that would have made this a little bit stronger. But as is, it's like I don't know. I don't care about Isaac that much, and I don't care about you know any of this stuff. So it's it's tense uh, for me, the player. But in a narrative way, it didn't land maybe as hard as I could have. Right. As hard as they uh, they they maybe wanted it to, and that, yeah. you know, and you know, just this is this is Monday morning quarterbacking. It would have been nice to walk through this place, kind of peaceful and dead, for a little bit before that happened. Oh, very, very as much a, so. As like, opposed to it just being the second room. It's it starts off it starts off so heavy and it never lets up. Like no. I talked about it in the generalities, I'm not going to bring it up like every single time that it bugs me. But like 
I really, this game desperately lacks quiet time. Yeah. I th- I can think of one time where I got to go into a room, see a creepy tableau without getting attacked by something. Yeah. Like once in like the nine or 10 hour game, like it, it just doesn't have that. And I just value that so much, mm-hmm. you know, I would have really liked it even after something. So I will, there's a couple points where I definitely will bring it up where like a dramatic thing happens that, uh, I should be able to sit with for a minute. Mm-hmm. And then just on the way back, there's just one guy that pops out of a vent. <laughs> you know, like it, it uh, the way I described it on Twitter is it's playing D&D with a really insecure DM. Oh, yeah. Like it's somebody who thinks I was who is so afraid of me getting bored. <laughs> like and it's just like I've, I've got a better attention span than that dog. Like, you know, you just laid a plot bomb on let me on me. Let me think about it. Mm-hmm. You know, but there's no there's no time to think. And like that starts right from the beginning, uh, which I think is kind of sucks yeah. you know about it, honestly like it would be a cool sequence if it had been a little bit later when things were a little bit more established mm. yeah so. so it's one of those things like give me time to carry this around with me before i have to drop it to deal with something else yeah yeah you know and then yeah and the game never does that nope. it's it's just not what the game's about nope um as you uh so you know you flee down the hallway as you mentioned um you get the plasma cutter and uh written on the wall like right in front of you is uh <laughs> cut off their limbs right uh written in blood <laughs> so. just giving you some pro tips yeah, it's just uh, yeah, uh, Mad Mike or whatever. Uh, what was the, the um, yeah? I can't remember the name of the the pro tip guy whose name is Mike. The game pro, uh, Major Mike, Major Mike. Yeah. yeah, Major Mike is. We got to find him. He's dying slowly somewhere on the ship. <laughs> um, oh no, not Mike. Yep. <laughs> yeah, um, but then we get we get the first actual enemy encounter where we yeah. get to do this, and the enemy. This is like is really cool because uh, you're getting used to it. You're getting used to kind of like the aim in general. I think there's like kind of a, especially if you're playing this on controller, mm-hmm. you can't change the mouse sensitivity. So you have to get pretty used to your movement speed and aim speed mm-hmm. in this. Um, and it's a little bit different than RE4. It's a little, you swing a little bit more. You have a little bit more momentum to your move. And this took yeah. me a little while to get used to. And I really like this kind of safety encounter to let you get a chance to do that. Yeah. Uh, one big way that this is different compared to RE4 is that you can sidestep. Like you have regular WASD kind of controls. Um, so you can actually, you know, swing around somebody as opposed to just being stop and pop. Like, you know, you can move while you're shooting, uh, which is a yes. big deal. Uh, however, in that exchange, you get rid of a quick turn, which I know, Gary, is a big is a big sticking yeah. point for you. I would have really liked a quick turn. Yeah. Like just because I'm getting surrounded a lot. Yeah. You know, so what it ended up doing was my metric for any kind of encounter was just to try to find a corner that didn't have a vent in it. Yeah. Kind of stand and, and <laughs> Good things. luck. Yeah. Like it's, they're pretty. The air in this place has to be great. I can't believe that like actual air circulation becomes a plot point because <laughs> you, you have, you know, how many thousands of miles of, of venting in this, <laughs> this space station? Like, well, I mean, that's how they make the ship light enough to fly. I, there you go. It's true. It's mostly air. It's it's a hollow. It's the hollow planet cracker. Um, but this first encounter with the, this kind of first boss uh, or first enemy is really fun. Yeah. Um, and really, you know, when you first hit it in the head and nothing happens and then you hit it, you know, because that's, that's an extremity of sorts. And then you hit it on the le- in the legs and it still comes after you mm-hmm. without its leg. Like, that's a great moment. Yeah. Um, yep. And then they just the, the, those arms are sticking up like, yeah, shoot me, shoot me, please. Very, mm-hmm. very satisfying, especially the way they react and kind of reel when they lose one of those. Yeah. Yep. And you find an audio log here talking about like, hey, the monsters are in the vents. And that is the primary thing that you hear throughout this game. Yes. Um, so like your big main thing in this chapter is to activate the tram. And the tram is like the elevator in, sh- in System Shock. Um, like it is going to be the thing that takes you to your next chapter. Uh, it's where every chapter begins and ends. Yes. Without backtracking. Right. Like, it's like System Shock. You'll never go back. 
Right. But it, it, it is the uh, it's the and it's also the equivalent kind of it's usually next to your quote unquote equivalent of a save room. Yeah. Like yeah. you're going to get your, you know, your your store and your workbench usually right near that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then they introduce the stasis module. Um, you find that right next to a door that is malfunctioning and is a sense fortress like jaw trap yeah. so to slow that down to, to run through it. Um, I think this is great. Uh, you know, again, this is like because you, you don't know whether to trust it necessarily. <laughs> right. You know, it kept, it kept expecting it to like give me. Uh, I'm here and the game actually um, for having save uh, like actual save stations um, has really generous auto saving. Oh, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I never lost progress in a way that felt very frustrating. Yeah. You will generally restart right at the beginning of an encounter. Yeah. Uh, which is good. Yeah, um, they do a good job of that. Yeah. Um, and they even show you like, you know, by necessity, how to use the stasis. So like there's a puzzle here where you have to activate this repair claw and then move across the room to activate it. Right. So you extend it and then activate it different places. Um, you have to stasis it in order to get over to activate it in time. Like this would have been a two person operation, but the stasis lets you do it yourself. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, just another way that fucking EarthGov is slashing budgets. <laughs> yep. I tell you, man, automation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I guess that, I mean, you're, you don't you don't talk to a storekeeper in this. No. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Where have all the retailers gone? Um, to, uh, kind of continue on, uh, past this, they introduce a new enemy. These are the kind of like the weird tadpole crawler guys, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. They'll notice as the squat crawlers. You mean the guys with just the two arms and the kind of tails? Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 those, the, those are the ones. So here's the thing. Um, all of the enemies have very generic names. <laughs> like, obliterator. They, yeah. They just describe what they're doing. Like the, the exploder, the guardian, um, this is the uh, the leaper is a uh, is, okay. is his name. I've got I've got the dead space wikia open up. Um, okay. Yeah, and, and these are the guys. Uh, one of the main ones who mostly hound you in the zero g. But yeah, they've got the two arms and they kind of go at a tail. Um, the tail is good because it counts as an extremity for killing it. But mm-hmm. yeah, they're very quick uh, and they come at you fast. Yeah, and they jump at you and it makes it very satisfying to stasis them in midair <laughs> and pick them off. Yeah. Um, so you get to a storage room. This introduces the weapon and rig upgrade bench, which we talked about. I think you'll have like one power node at this point. Yeah. But, um, you know, you're, you don't have a lot of options for what you're going to upgrade. Yep. Just plop it into your plasma cutter. You can yep. never go wrong. Yeah. No, that's, really, <laughs> that's really good. We'll talk about the weapons as they get unlocked because they're all yeah. interesting and worth talking about. Yes. I feel like. But yeah, you activate the tram and then go back um, and you have to get the shuttle online. So the two people that you're with and they're kind of uh, pulling you in different directions sometimes. So there's Hammond, uh, who is the... Uh, USG, whatever, uh, Marine, hardcore, hardcore kind of guy. And then there's Kendra, um, who is uh, his subordinate, but doesn't trust him. Yes. And then there's Kaylee and Madison. <laughs> to, who, um, but yeah, so she's, she's you know, kind of like, hey, this is a trap. We should get out of here the whole right. time. And he's like, we got a job to do. I didn't know anything about this. Right. And that's kind of their general steez uh, through the whole time. And this plays into a twist that's going to come later. Yeah. Um, so the, uh, the shuttle, uh, that, that you head to here, uh, blows up within, with, while you're in it. Uh, (laughs) So you go back, like, Hey, let's get this thing repaired. And then, nope, our own, our our only ride home is gone. So we are fucking trapped. Yeah. Yeah. And this kind of starts the, uh, the kind of Arkham Knight, go get the codes of one thing leading to another. Yeah. Uh, here. Uh, they're just kind of tasked to eventually find ways to get out. So you need to get the captain's codes um, in order to override an executive lock uh, on the systems. You can't get out. Um, so you need to actually ride the tram to the med bay because that's where the, the captain is. You don't know if he's alive or dead at this point. Right. 
Right. Um, the tram station, uh, it's got a store. So there are two weapons that are available to buy at the start. So there's the line gun and the pulse rifle. Yes. Um, the line gun's great. Uh, yeah, the line gun's you, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gives uh, you a, kind of like a wider shot. So you can mm-hmm. cut off two limbs with it at once. And then uh, it's alternate fire is a mine. Yeah. Um, it's not really a mine because it blows up after a certain amount of time. Right. And so on whether something's close to it or not. So it's really like a, a slower release grenade. Mm-hmm. Um, the pulse rifle, which I, I, I used every weapon in the game like once, but I uh, didn't spend a lot of time with the pulse rifle. I used the line gun yeah. for a while. Yeah. Um, and the uh, the pulse rifle is a military pulse rifle. Yeah. Um, you can still use it to to sever limbs, but it's a little bit harder to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, and it chews through ammo really quick. And it, it feels like gratifying it because it's a machine gun. It shoots it shoots rapid fire. Um, yeah. It's alternate fire is like just like a, a, a standard, you know, under under barrel grenade launcher kind of thing. And mm. th- like that is what you want this weapon for. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So I at this point, I bought the line gun. Uh, to have it, but that was that was really it, and that would eventually get a ditch for my my trusty secondary weapon, ah, yeah. which we'll get to soon. Yeah. Um, so chapter two, intensive care. Um, pay attention <laughs> to these chapter titles. The um, <laughs> so in like one of the like again like not to bag on TV tropes that much, but you know the we we lately been talking about like kind of weird performative emotionalism. Uh huh. Like people going on about when they figured out this chapter title trick and just being like, <laughs> you know, wiping a tear from my eye. I thought about like just like give me a fucking break. <laughs> like this, this like this junior jumble, like <laughs> this, this like Mad Libs joke, like actually, uh, you know, made you cry, huh? This junior jumble is laminated. <laughs> yeah, like, how are you supposed? To, yeah, you work your way up to this Y-back. Like it, it's a. Uh, I have like people literally had a really serious emotional response to this. And I, yeah. And I, I should also point out that I don't read the responses to the episodes before we do this. So if somebody is writing in or wrote in and they're no, like, no, I had they a really didn't. serious. Okay, good. Cause I'm not bagging on them specifically. I'm bagging on uh, the, the tropers. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Um, I, yeah. So do we just want to say what it is? The, 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 yes. fir- the first letter of every, of every chapter title spells out a, uh, a key phrase. I, I didn't make a note of what chapter one is called, um, yeah. but it begins with an N. Yes. Yeah. So the, the so the whole thing. I mean, we'll just we'll talk about it when we get to the end. Yeah. But it, it, it's it's a it's like kind of cute. I don't I don't know what I think about it. Like it's not it's not like whoa, you know. And a lot of people are like whoa. It's just like oh, that's kind of cute. It's um, but, it's it's like Breaking Bad season two, where you where you took all of the yeah, uh, yeah all yeah. of the episode titles uh, that uh th- that were that began with the black and white sequence. It told you what was going to happen. Yeah, that's yeah. a good way. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Um, so if you're watching, I guess it is foreshadowing for like a thing that, uh, I honestly think was obvious from the start. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I don't, uh, at no point did, I don't know why that is. Like, I don't, I didn't go into this game knowing anything about it and I'd only played about an hour of it before it, but come, come on, man. It's a, it's, it, it, it is, it is a woman in fiction who is motivating a man to go into a situation of court. Something bad's going to happen to yeah. her. I, well, that's, <laughs> and that's just that something, or I knew that something had already bad. Happened to her. I don't know why I was like, oh, this is a force ghost. And it, yeah. I mean. I, I guess I'm saying that like like I don't know why I knew that. I knew it because at that point you'd already found uh, audio logs that were like, "Hey, the thing makes people have hallucinations." Right. And you wouldn't do that if the player was like, I don't know if they're counting on the player being like, "Well, not me." You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm too smart to know the, the, the player character is not Isaac's not going to have hallucinations. That's just yeah. the other people. Like that's literally just the game telling you its trick. Right. You know, and I, so I was just like, oh, none of like who even knows what of this is real. But she's definitely not real because it's not going to be a story about rescuing my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> right. You know, um, so I don't know. I, I just like anyway, yeah. um, you get over to intensive care. Right. 
This is the med bay. Um, opens up properly creepy in the tram station with a woman who whose eyes are bandaged. You know, she's holding a corpse and talking to it. Um, she says, hey, I've been waiting for you. Gives you the kinesis module and then dies. Tons of people wait for you to show up before they kill themselves in this. <laughs> I think it happens a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> But uh, so that's, that's going to be kind of the theming of this is you have the kinesis module. So we're, they're introducing our tools. Yes. Kind of slowly. Um, there's this this kind of great like hallway you can go to on the way here that is full of body bags, mm-hmm. which is properly spooky because I expect them. You know, it's like a real haunted house thing. Yeah, you can open up. They're going to uh, cover Veronica me. Yep. Um, <laughs> and you get the flamethrower schematic, which is actually now they think about it, the only weapon I didn't use because everyone on the Internet said not to. It's uh, it's useful for those swarms of tiny little uh, 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 like crawlers thing. Yeah. Uh, like yeah. just the the QTE tax guys. Yeah. Yeah. But there, there's um the uh, my the blade thing that I used is also really good for those. Yeah. And that was ended up being my secondary weapon. Of course. So I did not use the flamethrower. Um, what's the secondary fire on the flamethrower? It just fires a burst of flame. It's like a okay. think of it like a almost like the that's not like Team Fortress Two at all fire, actually. Like a flame. Yeah, yeah. Just it just shoots a fireball. Okay. Watch out! Waka waka waka. <laughs> ah. <laughs> um, ah. Yeah. Uh, but no, it's a uh, it, it's that like so this I like this a bit. So the pulse rifle and that are stereotypical video game weapons that are supposed to feel gratifying but are not the stuff that is more kind of rickety. Uh, you know, uh, very, very uh, improvised is infinitely more effective than the stuff that feels like it's supposed to be a weapon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to have those in there for contrast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm positive. Even, there's some kind of overpowered use. It could be, it could be like a, you know, uh, you can, you can use them if a lot of people are like, if you know how to use it. So I'm sure like it is a kind of thing, like you get through this game, you know, their challenge, people do challenge runs of this. Like you can get through it just like just flamethrower. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there's a way to do it. Um, so as you're, as you're kind of listening, as you're moving through this, you're listening to your banter from your, your handlers or whatever. And we find out that Hammond, uh, actually lost Kendra. Yeah. Um, he's like, yeah, I can't find her. So, Hey, rather than do everything you're doing, um, you know, or, you know, don't go seek her out. Like I'm going to, I'm going to call the shots here. Right. Yeah. Just yeah. like, Hey, she's gone. You know, listen to me. He is, he is all about the mission and it doesn't matter about his, uh, uh, the collateral damage. He gets results. Lawful neutral. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so you go to the bio lab and there's this grisly scene of a tech being killed by a tentacle baby in a fetus room. Like um, this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, again, it is locked off from you. Um, it's it's like a NICU or whatever. Right. Um, and he is pounding on the glass and these uh, the, these tiny little guys, these uh, lurkers come at you. And this is the introduction mm-hmm. of the of the tentacle babies. Right. And this is, I mean, it's worth pointing out a couple things about this that are really good. I think this is one of the best encounters in the game, yep. uh, design-wise, because uh, the sequence of events here is really important. You, uh, First of all, if you, you walk through this kind of series of these tanks um, here uh, at this point, yeah. like I'm thinking of the right place, right? Because it's right after you, you fight these things, yeah. right before you fight these tanks, and you can't see in them. There's like, it's too murky. Mm-hmm. Definitely can't see them. Then you see uh, this guy, this cutscene, essentially, this guy fight one of the babies, then you move into a hallway where you can see the other side of the tank and find out that you're surrounded by these babies. <laughs> so they reveal the information in a really kind of slow, careful drip. And then it's also, why are there tons of babies on this ship? Well, <laughs> they grow them for cloned limbs for people losing their limbs in this engineering. Mm-hmm. And so like, this is, this is great. Like this yeah. is actually like every part of this introduction works really well for me. I think <laughs> like that's creepy. That's a good idea. It's showing like this kind of hyper capitalism, like, evil of it that will play into the the ultimate twist yeah of where we're gonna end up and it also is like hey you're surrounded by a mystery 
here's what that mystery is. You're still surrounded by it. Yeah. You know, it's spooky. Yeah. And um, if, I also think these guys, like if you're fighting them in small groups and not in zero G, I think they're a cool design. Yeah. Like uh, to fight. Like I think that these, uh, the way they work is uh, their two kind of gimmicks is one, they can crawl on all surfaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they kind of get you aiming on ceilings and stuff. And then they fan out in this way that like kind of shows their limbs and you have like, this kind of time limit. Like, you know what to shoot, but you have to shoot off two of these limbs before they, uh, they bomb you. Right. Yep. And, uh, they can make themselves not invulnerable, but less vulnerable by retracting their, uh, by, by retracting those limbs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like kind of scuttling around. They move in a really cool way. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, I mean, this is probably my favorite enemy in the game. Oh, yeah. uh, if I have to, I guess if I, if I think about it, like I don't love the enemies in this game in general, but I think this is the kind of in, most interestingly designed one. Yeah. I, I, I like the design. I like the visual design. I like the backstory on these things. Um, them showing up so often in zero G actually kind of kills them for me. Yeah. They, they show up way too often. And when you start doing mix ups where it's like this and then three other, you know, necromorphs, like there's not enough variety. So it just ends up being like, oh, I'm getting sniped. You know, all these enemies are better if you can take your time to kill them. Mm-hmm. And when they take that away, they all kind of fall down. But yeah, yeah. at least initially when they introduce these and it's like, hey, there's two of them. Yeah. Like that, that works out really well. Mm-hmm. And then when they introduce like, hey, there's three of them and a thousand other things like then it stops working. Yeah. I think. And the idea of fighting a mutated baby works for you in Dead Space 2. Um, I don't want to spoil anything, but you come across uh, daycare. You come across a mutated two babies. <laughs> mutated, mutated toddler. Yep. I mean, kind of. <laughs> we, we, we call them death tykes. Um <laughs> Yeah. Oh gosh, death trikes on dead tri- death trikes. On death trikes, they <laughs> we call, they're they're power wheels. Um, yeah, which pow, actually the engineers used to speed around and. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Anywho, I call this my um, green machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, the introduces these, these guys again. This the, the, the this drip of adding variety on these new chapters works pretty well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, the diagnostic wing um, has a half transformed guy banging his head against a wall. Um, you can never shoot somebody. There's no mercy killing in this game, which uh, I would like to kill this guy. <laughs> like, I don't want him to be banging his head against the wall. This is half like me feeling bad for him and half like not wanting him to freak me out anymore. Yeah, yeah. You There are a couple of mercy killings you can do for the like, you know, guys that will things that are alive. They're part of the signature uh, scenery. A little bit later, I guess. Yeah. Uh, describe them. There's a couple of, mer- but you can't kill, mercy kill most people. The, uh, we, we go into this, uh, zero G therapy room. That's where we're at. Correct. We go into the vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. Like Next, the, the, that's yeah. after a battery, a, a battery puzzle. Those always feel yeah. perfunctory. It just kind of like they're going through the motions. Like I, it's, it is just a chore to remind you that kinesis exists. Yeah. It's not, they're not puzzles. No. Um, eventually they do. There's one where you have to carry one through a, uh, hazardous place that's just closer to a puzzle, but still not really one. Right. Uh, but for the most part, if you find one of those batteries laying on the ground, just kinesis it for now. Yeah. And, uh, and save yourself some, some trouble when you're going to need it later. Right. Um, this introduces zero G, uh, or introduces, uh, the vacuum room Yeah. where sound is, 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 uh, is kind of dampened and you move through, uh, and kind of smartly, weirdly enough, uh, no encounters on the way there. Right. Or on your first way through, which like one of the, handful of rooms of no encounters in this game yeah um <laughs> it's so they can do it on the way back uh which again i think this is the most innovative and best scare in the game uh because <laughs> it's like oh this is out in space this is going to be safe like maybe they can't survive out there they don't have suits yeah you know um and then one is like directly behind you and has been behind you the whole time and it's great <laughs> yep 
Yeah. Um, I also love, again, just the in-world justification for this, you know, the idea that they have this artificial zero gravity or a place where they don't have the artificial gravity, I suppose, um, in order to do therapy on these miners, right? Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. Um, in a system shot kind of way, they do have cool signs. Like, I love the design of the, not propaganda, but just like, you know. Ima- style it, advertising. Yeah, yeah. Like, here, here is a safety poster that demonstrates, like, hey, keep an eye on your buddy. It explains why the uh, why the rigs have uh, external health indicators. So, like, somebody could see if you're in trouble um, yeah. from, from your back, like if you're going with the buddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. Yeah. So pretty cool. I, I like this here. And again, uh, letting you figure out how zero gravity works without uh, w- without the pressure of combat is A+. plus. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, this introduces some F- minus things, these tiny little... <laughs> these tiny little things that just crawl at you in swarms uh, that are just either um, uh, will either make you use a lot of ammo or lose a lot of health. Sometimes both. I have no idea how you're supposed to deal with them. If you don't have one of like the two weapons that are good for dealing with them. I really don't either. Like you're just like literally, you know, every bullet is precious. I don't (laughs) want to use one of them on every one of these like 10 little things. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize until like way late in the game that I could run from stuff. And if I had realized right. that earlier, I would have just run away from every one of these encounters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or just run through it, got hit once and kind of scooted. Yeah. Uh, but they will grab on you and, and it becomes this kind of, oh, here's a thing that happens all the time. I fuck it. I Because well, <laughs> um, they get on you and you have to tap A to get off. Yeah. Uh, get yeah. them off you. And A is also the activate thing. So a bunch of these things later in the game are positioned right next to elevators <laughs> to where they jump on you while you're on an elevator. You pound on <laughs> A to get them off. Hit a one extra time and then you ride down an elevator on accident <laughs> and then ride back up to where a bunch of the things are still waiting for you. <laughs> like that, yep. There's two different counters where that happens and it sucks so bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if they should have done a different button or just, hey, don't put those by like an interactable piece of scenery. Yeah. The shits. Like, <laughs> and the, um, and th- these guys are also like a punishment, like way too harsh of a punishment for a crime that you might not even realize you're doing. There are necromorphs called the pregnant uh, who are like the big, like these big fat guys who have claws that uh, hang out above them. They, they, they gestate these things. Um, and yeah. if you, if you body shot one of those, guess what? All of a sudden these things are going to come after you. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they they introduce those things in greater numbers too. So you have to be really good at like, Fighting them without even accidentally body shotting them. Yeah. Because getting a bunch of these guys is is a real bad time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the surgery room, a, a crying woman cuts her own throat. Um, yep. Should there be a content warning on this? I, I mean, I don't know. Nah. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's a, it's a pretty, it's one of the most, very famous video game. Yeah. And people, people know that it's about, we've been cutting out, talking about cutting off limbs. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. The entire time. It's, it's, it's torso <laughs> chat. <laughs> the torso boys. Yeah. And. <laughs> Torso boys back at again at Krispy Kreme. <laughs> yep, over um, here in the trunk bunk. We, <laughs> the, uh, this is where you get a text log where it first talks about them. This is why I knew everything that was happening in the plot because they brought up a marker from the colony service. And I was like, right. oh, there's an alien artifact. Like, yeah. I get it. Okay, cool. You know, there's one way this can go. <laughs> Say no more. Okay. Yeah. The, like, the way it articulates is pretty cool. Like, I think that, like, the, the, the origin for these aliens is kind of fun, but. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then you're introduced again like it's it's tough to go encounter by encounter just because it, it is each one of them is defined by these things are the transformers these necromorphs uh that look like uh is that what they're called uh, uh maybe let me take a look okay they're, they're like sentient blankets uh that will uh, attach to a body uh no infectors there we go um okay. that what will uh, uh extend their uh what do they do <laughs> extend <laughs> extend their proboscises into corpses and make them rise up as these kind of enhanced more chitinous necromorphs 
So you are incentivized to take these things out as quickly as possible. Otherwise, it rapidly multiplies the number of threats in a room. And this is also why you're stomping on corpses. And this first one, very pointedly, does this to a guy sitting in a chair that you cannot damage. And Mm -hmm. I tried. Yeah. Uh, When I went through, I'm like, oh, I don't – no corpse – Gets to be, you know, no no Christian burials for these people. <laughs> you, you, Everyone gets dismembered. You don't get to keep those arms. The five body parts you get reunited with in heaven. Like this is <laughs> this is not going to be good for you guys if there's an afterlife. Uh, but you can't even with your gun, you can't dismember this guy no. because they need him to show off these uh these little stingray things. Yeah. Um, which I think I mean I think is fine. Like you are incentivized to uh, to fight them as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's annoying that they will attack you eventually yeah. because it just turns into a cutscene. You know, turns into a QTE essentially. <sighs> yeah. Um, which you're dealing with while dealing with this other thing, and the game does that a little bit too often. I think um, they're really satisfyingly brutal. Like when one of these things jumps on you and you actually do the QTE, like mm-hmm. they look cool. Yeah. Uh, as like little animations, but they're not uh, gameplay wise. I think they should only happen. You know, you shouldn't be being able to be hit. Yeah. while this kind of happens or surrounded while it happens yeah. you know the world doesn't freeze during it i love the um, way I uh, that, that isaac kills these things he, uh, he he pins down the body with his foot uh, and then yanks the proboscis out like he is um uh, starting a lawnmower yeah yep <laughs> um i don't know if we mentioned this but uh, when you pause or, or when you go into uh shop menu but also when you go into your inventory and stuff uh, the game doesn't pause right right um you know so it is uh it's got that little element of like you have to plan you can't just like <laughs> go into your menu and eat a bunch of healing things yeah um, and the other side of that, you can, in some places you can check and double check and triple check to make sure that something is safe. And then no, it's just scripted that something's going to interrupt, interrupt. Yeah. You in the shop. Yeah. Yep, yep. Um, um, yeah. Um, the, these infectors, uh, don't mean to harp on them any, any more than I need to, uh, but they have a, a, a large amount of like animation and vulnerability. Like there are certain parts of their cycle where you just cannot damage them. Um, in a game yeah. that is all about, uh, conserving your resources, it is not fun to very clearly be hitting something, but have it not take damage because of some kind of weird animation glitch. Cause the, yeah, cause the game wants to show you yeah. something that's frustrating. Yeah. Um, and we're going to pick up the pace as we, as we go on after we introduce monsters and items mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Um, so we get the captain's codes from, from his captain's corpse and the, uh, the locks are lifted and we need to go to engineering next. For chapter three, course correction. Yes, uh, in order to refuel the engine and get the gravity centrifuges online so we can stop plummeting. Right. Uh, we are heading towards this planet and everyone will die. Yeah. Uh, we get a cool audio log about a guy tearing his own teeth out. <laughs> so that, like, when he transforms, he can't bite somebody. I think that's my, that might be his rationale. Um, everybody is uh, uh, kind of suffering from this uh, alien artifact imposed dementia right now. Yes, except um, for my guy. My guy. Yeah. Insane. <laughs> Uh, and, I, I can't be crazy. I'm the protagonist. Yeah, I'm the player. <laughs> um, we also get uh, maybe part of the reason why the that story stuff, like none of those reveals land on me is because in looking at the notes, like all this stuff is revealed really early. Oh, it's so like is. there's no ambiguity. Like right after this, we run into this engineering log where uh, this guy says, like, I think the unitologist might be responsible for the ship sabotage. Like <laughs> he's right. And, and yeah. you, this, you know, how many chapters are in this game? Ten. Yeah, like this is chapter th- or uh, twelve. So this is one fourth the way through the game. They've just told you who did it, <laughs> right? Like, there's no sense of mystery to this. No, no. You know? um, like, it's kind of a poorly told. Like, even if I liked the story on its own, other than like, which I I like the unitologist stuff. Other than that, I don't. Um, it's not very well told. I don't think. Right. 
Like this is again, the story is not paced well either. There's in such a hurry. Like they're worried I'm going to get bored. <laughs> yeah. Like it is insecure. This is an insecure game where like, oh, if the players don't know why this is happening, they're going to quit. <laughs> you know, we have to tell them right away. You know, oh, if the if the characters walk down a hallway, they're going to quit. Yeah. We have to attack them right away. Like this is an insecure game. <laughs> yeah. Like that's a very good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. So and who knows if that my, is get off my dick. Yeah. <laughs> like and, and let me that, come to you. That could very much be, you know, the the the, the result of our favorite boogeyman focus testing. Um, oh, totally. you know, somebody saying, I don't know, I don't get it. This is not gonna please middle America. And then just all what? of a sudden, boom, let's move let's move that up. It was a weird game for EA. Like those those interviews I watched, like the guys are just like, This is a real, you know, this is not like a, the kind of thing EA likes to make. Yeah. And you, know, you want to make something darker and scarier than we usually do. And that's true. Uh-huh. Like it is, you know, but it still has that kind of like triple A stank on it, like <laughs> that, you know, that lack of restraint that comes with a huge budget, yeah. you know, action movie or whatever. Yeah, it can't be overstated like where EA was at this time, either like towards the end of PS2 and at the beginning of Xbox 360, EA was this reviled company um, before they ruined Mass Effect or whatever people on the internet would have you say, um, <laughs> you know, it, it was a company that was known for cranking, cranking stuff out. It's what. Activision would be demonized for later on in the 2000s, but like in the mid 2000s, it was unthinkable that EA would be the company that would swing around and release this and Mirror's Edge in the same year. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I remember it very specifically about Mirror's Edge it being like a big deal. Yeah, they made this like you know low combat, you know, kind of kind of thing. So I you know, it's still kind of I, I haven't played Mirror's Edge. Um, I really want to, but it it's the kind of thing where I wonder if it's still if it's got that too, where it's like yeah. there's the, there's a real spark of something kind of creative and niche about this, but it just it's an EA game, so it has to go big. <laughs> um, EA big. Lest anybody gets excited about that, I may need to veto Mirror's Edge ever getting on the show. Uh for, is it a motion sickness oh, thing? Oh god, yeah. I I checked that out from GameStop um and I uh, yeah, I needed to lay down and maybe more motion sick than Portal did. Oh, that's fair enough. Like, I'm not also not thirsty for it. It's just a weird game that's like something I've always been kind of interested in and never yeah. played. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> so the uh, so we know who did it, and uh, you go and you refuel the engine, and you find the schematic for my favorite weapon weapon of the game. Yeah. Uh, the Ripper. Uh, <laughs> this thing owns. Um, yep. It's a, it's a saw blade gun. It's Metal Man. Yeah, yeah. It it shoots out. Well, the it can shoot out just a saw blade, which is essentially the same thing as your your normal gun. Right. Um, but the cool thing is you can send it uses kinesis to send out a saw blade and leave it there. Yeah. Um. So it's like a long distance chainsaw, and <laughs> it is. Uh. Again, I play these games very really conservatively because I'm in survival horror mode. It's so efficient. Uh huh. Like with one round, I I ended up like ending the game with something like seventy five. Or you're winning the last boss like seventy five rounds of this. <laughs> like because you can shoot it. You know, if you you upgrade the duration and stuff, you shoot one bullet and you can go through like four guys. Yeah. Just moving this blade around, just slowly <laughs> cutting them, and it's at a distance. It's not really a melee weapon. No. No. You know, they can't get close to you. Um, <laughs> it is really nice because you can aim it uh down towards their legs as they're walking. You don't have to actually hit their legs mm-hmm. so you can kind of aim it you can be a little bit imprecise and course correct like you move the blade over to where it was yeah uh so it kind of makes aiming easier um <laughs> this thing's great it's, like i i love this it's tactically satisfying to like send this thing out and then just swing your right stick around in order to like zigzag around the limbs like yeah it is something that i don't i haven't seen done in another another shooter like that yeah 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 it's it's uh this this is this is my favorite weapon in the game yeah. um like i love i love the the plasma cutter but yeah this is the thing that i had the most fun with it's so, um, and just yeah ended up being very very useful it's so efficient that i ended up um uh like ripper blades ended up being my best source for money because i yeah. would just you know like I, I i have more than i know what to do with so i'm going to sell them for health yeah 
Yeah, yeah, because it, it's just it's it's very efficient and, and strong. Um, the sec- it kind of sucks. Uh, all the bosses are long range fights, so this becomes shitty. Yeah, uh, for them, and this also doesn't shoot instantly. There's like a it's a projectile, not a hit scan thing. So mm-hmm. the uh, it's hard to hit moving targets that you need to be precise, and right. the the bosses are all about that. So this is kind of useless on bosses, but uh, very very good uh, for rank and file. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this is uh, the next thing we're going to get to is something that the game does with annoying frequency, um, entering a small room and then it seals up for decontamination. Um, like an arena fight, like it's yeah. a, mob, a mob mob trap room. Yeah, it's like a like yeah, just wave wave combat kind of stuff. Yeah, uh, not that good. <laughs> again and again, like it's uh, but but Gary and Cole, you love it when the uh, the cabin attack thing in Resident Evil Four. You know, like you like being in a restricted environment, having to fight off threats. Mm-hmm. And this couldn't be further from that because the threats are coming from literally like they're on top of you instantly. Right. They teleport to you and uh, the game does it, you know, probably I mean, without trying to exaggerate, probably like four times, four or five times mm-hmm. in 12 chapters. So it is just very frequent. It's not yeah. like this is the chapter where this happens. It's <laughs> just a quiver in the the toolbox that is like woefully limited. Quiver in the toolbox, huh? Yeah, it's, it's 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 one it's, it's my toolbox full of quivers that each contain tools. Yeah, sorry. It's a it's, it's a nested uh, it's it's a it's a weird illustration of uh, a math problem dealing with integers and uh, and uh, parentheses. Yeah, binomials. <laughs> yeah, so not a big fan of this specifically because um, you know things can come from all around you uh, mm-hmm. in a game that is kind of I think best when it's in a corridor. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least, you know, because uh, if things are going to move that fast, they could have made this, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, it would have worked if things came from further away or if they were slower. Yeah. You know, I don't wouldn't mind that they kind of teleported into the room because while I'm dealing with one, I could kind of keep one in the corner of my eye and know he's coming for me. But they all just rush you. Yeah. So it, it has its own thing. Like it becomes very panicky. Yeah. Right. Like I, like I would get to these places and I would panic and I would like end up wasting ammo they didn't want to waste and uh, end up using, you know. Using I have more health than I wanted to, and I think that's what they're going for. Mm-hmm. It's just it's always that. Yeah, you know that's a cool thing to do once. Like oh shit, like I'm overwhelmed. <laughs> like that's a cool trick. Yeah, it just it's the it's you know it's just one it's just one quiver in their uh, <laughs> in their toolbox in their their six pack of toolboxes. Like it's <laughs> you know yeah uh, it's contained in a backpack <laughs> worn by a giant that was sleeping on a tree. Yep. Um, yeah. So anyway, so eventually the compu- the AI is just like contamination complete. It's mm-hmm. like really, there's like I don't think it is actually. Uh, and then opens the door and you can continue on. Yeah, to a zero a zero G section where you restart the gravity centrifuge, and then all of the air leaves the room, and you have a limited amount of time to cross the centrifuge while it is swinging around, um, kind I, of making these runs to cover. Yeah. Can I complain about this? Yes. Uh, okay. okay. Um. I think that this game does this kind of thing where there are these timing sections mm-hmm. that you shouldn't do in a game where one of your primary verbs is slowing down time. Right. Um, like, I find it frustrating that I can't slow down time here. Why not? Like, I understand it's, it's like a big thing. Yeah. You know, but it just uh, it just feels like it's, it's confused what it's uh, asking me to do. Two, the most direct route is to leave this little corridor and go to the left. No. Um, and R- running against of- the flow of the uh, of the of the turbine. Uh, yes. Yeah. Running with it where it'll hit you for you from behind. So it's actually running with the flow of the turbine. Okay. If you go, if you go left, um, you, it almost seems like you can make it. Eventually you just get to an invisible wall and it kills you in a cutscene. Oh Jesus. If you do that, it doesn't like give you a chance to do it. It doesn't let you learn that you're going to not be able to do it naturally or anything like that. It just, you know, invisible wall. I can't move forward anymore. 
um, you guys, or you stop running actually. Hmm. You, you start just kind of walking and I'm like, why am I walking? Like pounding on the button. And then yeah. the thing kills you in a little cutscene. <sighs> it's super sloppy. Yeah. Like it is, it is like a super sloppy set piece thing that like betrays the core mechanics of the game. I feel like. Yeah. So no, I never, th- this, this was very frustrating to me. Yeah. I never tried going that way. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's the closest way. And I'm like, Oh, this thing is, you know, it's moving really fast, but it seems like there's a good amount of time. If I sprint, mm-hmm. like maybe I can make it. And like, you know, it's, it's, you know, there's a, you can't really sprint now or you can't sprint as fast as you could right you literally you can you slow down to get killed by this thing um it sucks yeah yeah um this gives way to something that's going to happen a handful of times where you're just walking down a hallway and a tentacle comes up and grabs you yeah i was going to ask what you think about these things Um, what do you think about they're fine i think that they are one of the more pronounced just kind of jump scare kind of things that happens um, mm-hmm. I, I like the very quick register change, uh, that, you know, that requires you to think in a different way, um, how they kind of come up, even though you can kind of predict when they're going to happen based on the way a hallway looks. Mm-hmm. Um, what I don't like is the most effective way to take these things out is to shoot their gigantic yellow uh, explosive cysts, uh, with your yeah, plasma they- cutter. Um, if you do not have enough ammo for that, well, fuck you, I guess you're not going to be able to do this, um, easily if at all. Um, yeah. 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 Um, so I'm, I'm of two minds about it. I think that it is again, that cool register change, but, uh, it doesn't feel very well integrated. Yeah. I think the ammo thing is really frustrating. You know, the game does not allow, you don't have like, um, your melee attacks are useless in this. It doesn't really do a thing like, you know, if you run out of ammo, right. Um, and then I also think that this should never, like, there's one of these that happens after you kill the apparent, like, source of these. Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been such a good cathartic moment of, like, <laughs> oh, I've killed the tentacles, they can't show up anymore. Right, right. But again, Dead Space has no restraint, so it happens <laughs> again because it's been a little while since you've seen this enemy. Right. So, like, at first I was pretty into him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, oh, this is, like, it changes, uh, it makes your aim kind of shitty, and that's, it's playing with that, with your aim, you know, uh, which is a, a primary verb of this thing. Um, I thought they were pretty cool, like really good intense. And then when I got to the boss that is all about these, uh, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, cool. Like, I'm going to finally that fucker's dead. And I won't have to worry <laughs> about these. And who there's a second one or something like yeah. there's another one on the other side of the ship. Yeah. I don't know why, but like they show up and it just I was just like, man, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> why would you do that? You know, yep. this, this doesn't need to be here. Like this encounter doesn't need to be here. So these this was something I, I initially felt really good about and then got ruined like around yeah. chapter eight for me. Yeah, you know, uh, there's a good amount of variety in the animations that happen if you fail. Um, oh, that's true too. I love the one where you you make it, like yeah, you get out, you get out, yeah. and then it comes up and snatches yeah. you back in. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, it's well, like trying to quit the mob. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, the tentacle mob. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's just one octopus with a with a cool fedora. Yeah, <laughs> and, and all all of his uh, it's his number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight guys. Like, <laughs> I was about to say um, when you get whacked, you get whacked eight times, but that's also good. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Tentacle mob is good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this will pop up. Uh, this is probably the most we're going to talk about it, but we will note uh, when it happens, I suppose. Um, yeah. Along the way here, Kendra kind of confirms something that we've already figured out from the text logs and the audio logs. The dementia and transformation are being called by something called the marker uh, that was mm. discovered on the planet and then brought onto the ship. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So you move out. This is when we start seeing the kind of like 
space corruption too. Yeah. You move in this kind of Hallbridge area and you see the you know kind of goo uh, <laughs> everywhere, this kind of biomass that's floating on everything. Yep. And one of the things I don't know if this is explicitly in the text, but online people are saying this is like dead skin cells. Yep. That are floating through the air that are, are kind of being reanimated. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah. yeah. For this stuff. Um, um, I, I, I want to say I'm always on board for this, but I wonder if I'll ever get to a point where like if I walk through a hallway and eventually has goo growing on it, I'll lose. That won't work because it happens a lot. I think this might be like the 20th time we brought it up on, on this show. <laughs> <laughs> the the goo, goo corridors. Yeah. Losing some it of their happens punch. happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's uh, I, I I like that it's in fiction. I also really enjoy like the small glimpses that you get, especially when you do these spacewalks on the outside, and you see exactly how much of the ship is taken over and being enveloped by this. Yeah, um, it, uh, it it works pretty well for me. Again, you know, as you're navigating the 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 bowels of this thing that might well be your your your, your uh, casket, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty good, but you do the spacewalk over to uh, a section of the ship that is taken over by this biomass, and here we have instant death traps by way of gravity distortions. Yeah, so sir, I, I guess the gravity in this, uh, the way the ship works, it is in a column that is coming up through the floorboards. It's Maybe. not like an ambient effect that's done throughout the room. It's literally like the section of floor you're on is responsible for the gravity for the column you're standing in. Right. Which I don't know if how artificial gravity works. Like I say that legitimately, like not as you know, I don't know. There, there could be an answer for that. The, but this seemed weird to me. The, pl- uh, the plausible bit. versions of it that I've seen, like in Mass Effect, are that there is there are sections of places on a ship that uh, rotate enough to give to, to give a sense of mm-hmm. gravity through uh, centripetal force. Okay. Yeah, that is yeah. not the case here though, because nothing no, here that's... is arrayed in a column. Yeah, that that's uh... and it's also weirdly these things disappear. Yeah, <laughs> like this is going to be a thing for like two chapters, and then they literally like it. It becomes no longer you know one of the bandoliers inside the uh, the belt buckle. You know, yeah. like yeah. it's it's no longer one of the tools. Like, right. it's just uh, they go away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's kind of cool because you get to see a necromorph run into it before you do, which is real classic game design. And yeah, I appreciate that. Like one of them runs towards you and then gets gibbed into the ceiling. <laughs> so <laughs> I saw that and I nodded. I nodded resolutely. Yeah. Okay, you get yeah. this one. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, um, the initial room here is uh, is the introduction of these pregnant guys. Um, you know, you get to see where they come from, but um, mm-hmm. but that lets you restart this. <sighs> and this begins your ascent away from the planet up through a debris field. And we get into yes. chapter four, which has just some terrible stuff in it. Yeah, this is this is a rough one. So we're talking about chapter four, which is obliteration imminent. And we're dealing with uh, the result of going through through this debris field, right? And the asteroids. Yes. Uh, and this is an infamous chapter yeah. of this game. Um, so Kendra puts uh, Hammond on blast and is like, hey, you didn't mention the marker. You know, you're in on it. Uh, all this, you know, you did it. And he's like, I know what you're talking about. And weirdly enough, like this plays into the twist. Yeah. Uh, in retrospect, he acts so weirdly unnatural. And like, <laughs> yep. like it's, oh, that's like, they're both in on the twist and the, the twist is, or the, the act is to make you think there's a twist, uh-huh. you know, or something like that. It's, it's very weird. Like nobody's acting natural, which is fine. Cause there's mind control artifacts at play, but <laughs> right. it's, uh, it's pretty silly. And, yeah. uh, in retrospect, it's very obvious. Yeah. <laughs> so we have to reactivate these power routing boxes um, and we have to be careful because there's something big out there um, and you yes. end up fighting um, on this bridge. You know, you, you, you meet up with Hammond on the, on, on the bridge itself. You Which end up is fighting. a cool set piece oh, actually because yeah. the ceiling is all glass. Yeah. You can see out into space. You can see the planet and you can see the colony and you can see the meteors like striking the ship. Yeah. 
you know, like things like the ship is shaking at like an intermittent <laughs> points now. Yeah. So. Um, it also looks like a presentable place that people might actually be milling around as opposed to these, you know, uh, kind of industrial tunnels. Yeah. 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 Um, so we we run into a brute. This is our our, our like tank enemy. <laughs> Gary, I swear to you, I had no idea they were called the brutes. I just wrote that down for my for, <laughs> and for, for, for yep. And it's ex- absolutely uh, what they're called. It's fine. They don't need to be uh, called like specimen sixteen seven G. We would be complaining about it. Um, it's just that like the brute is what I call any any of these kind of big charging kind of guys. They're they're oftentimes called the called the brute. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they could do something different. <laughs> I don't know what it should be though. No. Um, so the, uh, these things, uh, so if you, this is all uh, my fault. Um, I had a really hard time with this thing because I forgot I could slow him down right. and that's stupid. Like there's no good excuse for that. It's just what happened. Right. Um, and then you can, you can fight these guys when you're out of stasis though. And they're significantly tougher because they just, they toro you and you have to get behind them. Yeah. Um, uh, that's kind of the point. And because you don't have quick turn, you know, when when they charge past you, oftentimes they will be um, less vulnerable by the time you swing around to yeah. aim. So you, um, what you want to do is stasis them when they begin their charge, run around behind them, and then just take some shots at their weak points um, on their shoulders uh, before they before they unfreeze. It's um it's not a an enemy that is dead space specific feeling. No, to me. Like this is they you don't dismember their limbs, <laughs> you know. There's 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 no there's no part of this that feels dead spacey to me. They just feel like a chargey guy, mm-hmm. you know. So that's that's kind of weird. Yeah, but they're fine. Yeah, uh, they they're almost never mixed in with other other stuff too. So it's like, hey, we need yeah. to stop and deal with the brutes. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is where you start seeing Nicole. Uh, she starts appearing on uh, um, video cameras on, on video screens, right? Um, except they're covered with static, and she says something very weird, like "Isaac, please come find me." Isaac, please make us whole again. Okay, okay. that's the other reason why I knew this was fake. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it, it's not. I can't believe they treat that as a twist. Like it is so, it's so sloppy. <laughs> make us whole again? You mean like you and me together? Like oh, we're we're incomplete without each other. That's a fucking unnatural thing to say. That, that's a very weird way to put this thing. That like I kind of can guess what you're talking about if you're writing me a poem, right? You know, <laughs> if you're if you're not on a spaceship where like uh, you know everything is, we're literally being bombarded by meteors and and zombies. Uh, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, there's a cool video log of some mutineers killing the captain, um, and there's, mm-hmm. so there's some awesome uh, there's there, there's some awesome flavor texture. They call him the heretic again because he is not kind of leading into their plans. Yeah, yeah. Which we find you know because they're, they're again the unitologist might have uh, sabotaged <laughs> the ship as it was told to us. Yeah, last chapter. Um, but it's a cool thing, and they they kill him by, like stabbing him in the eye. Like it's yeah. really brutal and like. You know, in a way that felt like too, you know, like, you know, ultra violence in the middle of nothing. Um, We get two new weapons uh, in this area. We get the force gun Mm -hmm. uh, and the contact beam. Yeah. Um, The force gun, I did not get a lot of use out of. No. Um, It's like a utility weapon that pushes things away from you. Um, It will do enough damage to hurt things if they're very close. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like a shotgun. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, But they have to be very close uh, for this to work. Yeah, is my understanding. I never really used it this playthrough, and I know that I didn't use it uh, my first go through. Mm. Yeah, uh, the contact beam is your BFG. Uh, this is the one I was talking about uh, at, at the beginning of the episode in the, in the generalities. It's alternate fire. You fire it into the ground, and it creates like a ring of force around you. So, mm. like, it is your oh fuck, get out of jail free card. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
No, which are which are both fine. Yep. Um, it, you have to charge it. Yeah. To do it, like you have to hold that. So it takes it's really only useful for because the game doesn't give you a lot of times where something is not rushing you down like that. It's mm-hmm. really really only useful for brutes and boss fights. Right. Yeah, but I ended up carrying it around in just my my fourth slot because it is situationally useful. Yeah, for the area effect. Yeah. Um, so you have to cross outside the ship to get to the cannon, right? Because the automatic targeting system is down. We got to get yes. a little bit of a uh, little bit of el- elbow grease in here, uh, a little bit of human ingenuity to uh, to yeehaw shoot these asteroids that are coming at the yep. ship. Yippee! Yeah. Um, so, you, so you go across the outside. This kind of like curved. Uh, outside of the the ship thing, where you're running from bit of cover to bit of cover, um, without oxygen, which is fine. You know, enemies attack you during this; it's not a big deal. Right. Um, I don't. I don't think this is that bad. You get to the turret section, which is the the infamous place in the game, and and I'm going to complain about it a lot. But it, I just want people who maybe don't know this game to know that it's not me being a whiny baby. It's like <laughs> the internet is like literally full of people who hate yeah, this. Like this, I, the, I'm not alone. This is a wall. This is this has made people put the game down. Yes, and and if we weren't doing this for the show, I would have stopped. Uh, here. I got I no joke. Like I got I was like super frustrated. It's like I like some of the stuff on the way here, but I'm like this is not so good that I want to push past this because right, this is really frustrating. Like it as far as time goes, like I don't know, like 25 minutes or so, which isn't yeah. that long in the grand scheme of things, but like many tries, many near successes, and uh, just the the weight of the frustration of like this this isn't my fault that yeah. I can't do this. This is a really annoying, uh, designed section. Yeah. Um, that doesn't need to be here. It's just like a set piece, you know, like a little, it's the self self sections in Google prophecy. Like it just, yeah. this weird little ultra hard gameplay variants that doesn't, doesn't belong. Yep. And doesn't feel as fully baked as the rest of the game, you know, that it is, no. that, that it is embedded into. Not um, remotely. So what you're doing is, uh, you are manning this turret, uh, and you are firing, uh, projectiles at these, uh, at these asteroids that are coming out the ship. Um, yes. You, so, if presumably, if this is a field, they're hitting everywhere, and you shooting the, the the ones that might hit this small little quadrant of the ship is making all the difference. Yeah, it's the uh, you know the the, the core or yeah. something. You know, it's, it's protecting something. Um, there are multiple reasons why this is is bullshit. Uh, the biggest one is the perspective that they come at you from. Yeah. So the way it works is kind of foreshortened perspective. The meteors come uh, as the meteors get closer. You have to move the turret further. Uh, to aim to adjust you know which makes sense that's how things would work that's how perspective Um, works (laughs) that's how perspective works but the things come with frequency as such that there's no way to make up for kind of mistakes right so if you're not uh and this this plays into other problem i talk about a second but if you don't if you let something get kind of past your mid-range um it takes too long for you to go and do that damage control and hit this thing that got past your mid-range mm-hmm. so you will not be able to go shoot the thing that's in the far range which will then get past your mid-range right so one mistake will like inevitably yeah. will you know domino into a lot of mistakes and you're turning your movement radius on this and if you're using a controller is uh really slow no matter what mm-hmm. like you move the turret very slowly um you know, in comparison, and they come very quickly. So it just, it's really kind of a sustained perfection thing, which, you know, shows up more on Bonfire Side Chat, but is a, an annoying thing in video games in general. Yeah. Like, it's a, it's a poor get poorer kind of thing that, uh, the, the, yes. the, that's coming to, you know, again, use one of our, one of our tried and true, tried and true terms that is, the, the, that is inside the holster in our, uh, yes. Yeah. In, in the our the more you make mistakes, the more you're likely to make mistakes. Right, right. Um, the way that I got past this was, you know, playing with, I was playing with the controller, but I switched to keyboard and mouse. Turn the sensitivity all the way up because uh, the internet told me to try that. Yeah. And uh, there's also just kind of mechanics on top of mechanics here because there's also the uh, cooldown 
yeah. for the guns. Did that need to be a thing? I don't think so. Like, <laughs> I, you know, I don't think managing, like, when you are going to send things at me at this frequency, mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense for me to always be shooting. You don't need to, like, prevent me from spamming bullets. Yeah. Um, and you're like also you're asking me to spam bullets. Yeah. Uh, and, like, you have two barrels, and they have, it's like, it seems like they have different cooldown rates, but. Mm. But it doesn't it's, it's, tell you that the left the, that the left trigger is going to do anything different. It's yeah. There's no reason for you to think that it is going to uh, fire other barrel. And then also uh, meteors blow up into smaller meteors. Yeah. Um. So like some of them, you know, you, you're not actually. It's not just a target. You know. So it all adds up to just being like really hostile. Mm-hmm. Uh. And and just kind of kind of too hard. Like the controls aren't good enough for it. And it's a huge difficulty spike because yeah. nothing else is really hard for a while. Yeah. You know, there are other parts of this game that I think are pretty hard, but like. It just like why is this little side <laughs> section of the game you know that doesn't actually engage with the, the game's normal systems like yeah. this difficult yeah and so like this is so bad that when the when the mechanic appears later when it should be mm-hmm. really really cool like i just have the bad taste from this in my mouth yeah yeah, yeah. and when it, the, that is a really weirdly it's not as bullshit but that's also a really weird boss fight yeah like that's designed in a uh the the uh like the opposite of the poor, like the poor get richer for, through infinity. Like that starts off very hard and then just gets easier as you go. Yeah. It's really weird. Like it doesn't follow a boss curve. I would much rather this be uh, kind of just disproportionately empowering, like hopping into a gigantic fuck off oh, gun should like, yeah. like, like that, that is the feeling that I should get. I shouldn't feel even more powerless, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I, I think if you're going to start, if you're going to do something that is not outside of your normal games control zone, um, you can make it like an anime, like a player controlled cutscene. Yeah. You know, which is what that would have been. Um, and at least you should err on the side of the player, like saying, hey, learn this new set of rules. Also, it's going to be incredibly <laughs> difficult. Yeah. You know, uh, one or the other. Yep. You know, either either test the thing I have mastery of or like let me have a, a victory lap on something that I've never done before. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't test the thing I've never done before. Like go from zero to, to doing it. And like there's a safe spot right there. It's it's you know, you can rapidly iterate on it, except yeah. for the fact that it's several minutes long. And, you know, when I made it, I made it by the skin of my teeth. So all these times I failed, it was a several minutes into it, you know, mm-hmm. like iterating on it took lots of time. Yeah. Um. So it's yeah, I mean, it sucks. And every you know, there are like essays written about how much it sucks. Like the, the Internet hates this, too. So it is uh, it's, it's rare to find a defender of this. Um, you're doing this while um, while Hammond gets the the auto targeting. Right. Back online. There's buying yourself get, enough time. Then you get to walk away and watch the computers dominate it. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so mankind and this is, is really, this is, this is the way the space station deals with meteor threats is like, there's a auto gun that blasts them out of the sky. Like, I guess that's, that's fine, but it's weird. <laughs> it seems me. incredibly inefficient. Like I'm, yeah. I'm watching the shells get loaded up. Yeah, it's like, how expensive is this? Yeah. You know, every single time there's a debris field. <laughs> and this is the thing that you know? creates debris fields. Yeah, 100%. Like, this is a mining <laughs> ship. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. Like, yeah. why wasn't this just like a shield? <laughs> The new crisis that pops up is that uh, something has overtaken hydroponics and is causing the oxygen levels to drop. Um, yes. Again, revealing this uh, the system shock uh, kind of influencer basis here. So you need to go there and mix up a poison to uh, to, yeah. to, to, to stop this overgrowth. Yeah, feels like a like a RE two nod. 
to me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, go, go spray the spray the poison on the roots. This was uh, because I was so mad about the turret thing. Um, <laughs> I this was where I was started feeling a little bit of fatigue of like, you know, I, I'm trying to. It's the the lady with her finger in the dam. Like, or that's not what it is. Like, it, you know, I'm in a boat and I'm putting my finger in a leak, and then another leak spots, you know, spouts up, and I put my yeah. finger in that leak, and yeah, it's the, a little uh, bit of just, you know, there's always going to be a problem. Just go yeah. solve it. It's the Hoover Dam from Vegas Vacation. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It, it starts feeling a little bit like that to me. Yeah. Like, uh, okay, I'll go do this chore. You know, even though I think this chapter is neat, like mm-hmm. it's just, uh, you know, the the actual structure of the missions of this game got a little fatiguing for me. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. So, uh, so you go here. I'm um, gonna voice acts over asks over the uh, loudspeaker. Hey, are you are you a follower of God or are you blind? Um, and this yes. person has reprogrammed the door. So there is somebody uh, who is working against me actively as opposed to just the failure of the systems, um, mm-hmm. you know, working or working against me. The um, the guy who voiced this guy in the Italian version of the game was uh, Dario Argento. Uh, what the, the guy fuck? Did, yeah. Yeah. He came on. Yeah. He came on to do it. Uh, Overrated horror he's... movie director Dario Argento. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I think it, 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 yeah. That's the guy who did um, like the <laughs> Dracula 2000. Dead. Oh, did he? Yeah. Oh shit. Maybe maybe I'm not thinking of the right guy. Um, maybe it was him, and I was thinking of the guy who did. Um, yeah, I was thinking of somebody else, but yeah, yeah that's who it was. No, the Dawn of the Dead remake was uh was what's his name Zack Snyder. I meant the um the Dawn of the Dead remakes in Italy, like zombie oh, yeah. and stuff. But that's that's not him. Um, yeah. I don't think. But um, yeah, it was Dario Argento. So huh. they invited him on to do the voice. Good pull. Yeah. <laughs> Weirdly enough. Um. So anyway, so there you know again, there's a cult. <laughs> uh, yeah uh this introduces the uh the wallbound necromorphs uh let me cycle through my tabs yeah the guardians thank you thank you for that hey, no um, problem i'm just guessing I, <laughs> um, okay. uh, I i i actually think that's what they're called no i wasn't guessing i just I, okay i just think i, I could have okay been. um these things are appropriately creepy looking i think yeah yeah uh, and these are kind of interesting to fight um there's one that comes up and and it comes up after a plot moment and i hate that it's there but for the most part i don't mind these things right um, it's kind of yeah. weird. They, they spout out turret. They send out turrets. It's like a turret that shoots other turrets. Yeah. It's a, it spits out these pods, um, yes. that, uh, send up their little stalks. Um, the idea being you want to kill it so it can stop doing this. Um, and often the way to kill these things is to fire a gas can at it. Yeah. If there's a gas can around, you can do that. Otherwise they spit out tentacles in kind of a starfish pattern mm-hmm. and you can cut their tentacles out around them. Yeah. To do so if you get uh, close to these things, they automatically kill you. Um, this yeah. first one I ran to, um, for some reason or another, I was low on ammo. And uh, I didn't. I was experimenting, trying to figure out how to kill them, um, and ran out of ammo. And I walked up. And I was like, "What do I do now? This game doesn't make allowances for when you're out of ammo." Right. Um, so I walked up to it to punch it, and it's an automatic death if you get close to them. Yeah, so. come out and uh, rip your head off. Yep. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think these things are fine. And again, like you said earlier, like they're almost always by themselves. You get to like kind of slowly choose your shots. Yeah. Yeah. So we're uh, we're introduced to this uh, uh, character who ends up being pretty important, Doctor Chalice. Uh, through uh, through an audio log, who's doing experiments on live subjects with alien tissue, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah, yeah. People. And you can you can kind of see him like when I grab this chemical uh, container, he releases his his child, the child that will replace us. He has kind of created and engineered using this necromorph uh, technology, uh, this thing that will never die. Yes. Yeah. The, uh, the regenerator. Yes. Um, I was actually thinking of the next chapter is the one I like because I don't actually, I don't like this thing very much. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not super into it. I know. I wish it looked cooler. Oh like, yeah. I, I, I wish it looked a little bit different. A guy. Yeah. It just looks like a big, big, strong guy. Like I like being pursued mm-hmm. by, by a thing. Um, yeah. 
I was, I was I, happy to have two scoops of Nemesis in this. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that's the other thing I don't like about him is that you deal with, he comes back. Right. Like I just, you know, it, it, if Dead Space has an opportunity to use a trick twice, it will. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the, you know, if this had been one kind of set piece, I would have been like, oh, chapter five is about this. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's not what happens. No. Um, so like, at least so far though, like I'll, I'll back up a little bit. So far, this is cool. It's cool as it's presented here. Yes. Um, so uh, he sends this thing out. Um, you can't kill it. It's not going to stop you from wasting a bunch of ammo trying to kill it. But you, <laughs> you can't kill it until eventually Kendra pops on the, the intercom and says you can't kill it. Run. Right. Um, um, this is a good guy to use uh, a stasis on, right? Yeah. Yep. You can cut off his legs too. And if you if you tear him down, you tear off his limbs, he will like go into a weird pupae thing that has to regenerate. Yeah. So um, you can slow him down that way, uh, which you have to do because you run back to this uh, cryo lab section. And yeah. uh, you have to, while fighting a lot of normal enemies, um, you have to <laughs> get this guy down and uh, stasis in the middle of this thing, and then go press a button. Yeah. Uh, so, so you have to you have to freeze him in the center of the pod, uh, run into another room, and hit this. Like that is the big chapter ending um, uh, kind of uh, set piece for this. Yes. Yeah. Um, which puts him on a shuttle mm-hmm. that gets launched away. Yeah. Um, which is like that comes up later. You know, like this, <laughs> it does something that's like you know kind of kind of neat where he shows up again. Yeah. Uh, because of this, because you didn't actually get rid of him. Yeah. Um, it just means you end up doing effectively the same thing to get rid of him again. Just, yeah. just a, a different a element, different, different context. Something that yeah. we, I should probably have said before, like uh, Hammond has also sent somebody out. Like, I don't know why people keep on making this mistake of like, oh, good. I've blasted him into space uh, so people yeah. can find him, dog. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know. Yeah, that, that's who I was thinking about where it paid off later, though. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how this guy comes back. I, I really I honestly truly do not. Um, it's it's weird when they it's right when somebody else comes back to you. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you get the tissue sample and that helps you synthesize. Um, and uh, getting that actually causes him to vent all of the air into space, too, uh, which is mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty great. Um, it just as again, I like I like having somebody work against me as opposed to just the entropy of the system uh, failing me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, that like that that is that chapter is dealing with this dude. It's pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, oh. Moving on, this is the chapter I was actually thinking of was chapter six, environmental hazard. Yeah. Still bland name. Lead <laughs> 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 in the pipes. Uh, <laughs> oh, <God>. Like <laughs> a uh, national tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Which it is. But it's just uh it's just funny that this is I mean, it's so they can do their cutesy acrostic. Of course. Um so we have to, you know, this thing that's fucking with our air, it has to go. Yeah, yeah. this point. is this is the Leviathan. Um, yes. You know, Mercer is collapsed in a hallway. You know, you or you you find him. Uh, no, it's not Mercer. It's Hammond. Like he's yes. down here and he's suffocating. I just took a bad note. Um, you know, the air is rotten. He says, hey, there are these bloated poison necromorphs that are kind of venting out and and, and uh, uh, hastening the, the the hostility of this of this ship. Right. So you need mm-hmm. to go find them and kill them. And this is that's a new gameplay kind of thing. Yeah. Because they're they're hidden. It's like a little hidden object game. Like sometimes they're just inside uh, you know, rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes they actually are hidden in kind of ways that are kind of clever. Yeah. Um, and the design on these things is great. I love them. They, they look um, so pitiful. Yeah. Yeah. They grow like lungs on their back. Yeah. And they're barely like, they, like they're 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 mostly humanoid, except for that feature. Yeah. You know, it's just very sad. And we, we talked about it. I think we kind of glossed over it. But the first area we go into with the biocorruption, there are a couple of people who are like trapped to the walls. Yeah. That will make noise and kind of flail out their arms. Like it's pretty, you know, pretty uh, stomach churning. Yeah. Like people getting kind of turned into these things. And those are the guys who I can mercy kill. Yeah. I cut off those guys head. Every time. Yeah. 
Um, but th- <laughs> these things are, it also feels good to mercy kill these things because it's like, it's very pitiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, the sound design on them is amazing. Like you can tell they're in a room because you hear the wheezing. Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. So that like that, like the, that is your goal as you try and work your way into these rooms. Uh, you end up finding these, uh, kind of teleporting and quick, quick stepping necromorphs. Uh, they don't teleport as much as the ones you find later, uh, but they get smarter about, uh, uh, dodging you. In addition to, uh, they will throw these exploders at you. Yeah, the, the self-paws. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so th- these things, um, I think these guys really fall down in, like, I like these guys as a concept. Yeah. Um, they almost do the exact same thing in Fallout 4. Like, there's guys holding a mini nuke, and you shoot the nuke, and they die. Yeah. Kills everything around them. It's like, it's a cool aiming thing, and they don't rush you. Like, it, like for some reason, it's the only slow enemy in the game. Like, <laughs> you know, they walk towards you, but they just they, they can't move at blinding speeds. Right. The thing I don't like about them is that they uh, later on when they introduce more of them, they show up around corners in a way that can ambush you. That feels unfair. Yeah. Um, you know, there's one uh, there's like a specific I don't remember which chapter. It's probably like chapter 10 where it's specifically there's like two of them. And as soon as you go into a door, they're there ready to shoot. Mm hmm. You know, and it's like are ready to slam their hand down. And like, there's literally nothing I could have done about that. And just yeah. forcing me to get ex- exploded. Um, but yeah. as is, there's a lot of cool things you can do with them. Um, yeah. You can shoot their their bomb hand, which blows them up anything next to them. You can also sever their bomb hand and then have a bomb. Yep, you can pieces uh, they, it into somebody. Yeah, which is, yeah. you know, it's, this is a really cool enemy, too. Like, I like yeah. these guys a lot. Yeah. Um, they're at their best when you're able to maneuver past them while trailing a faster enemy uh, in your wake. Um, and then mm-hmm. shoot that and then use the use their explosion uh, to take people out. There are huge efficiencies to be had here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dig these guys. The teleporting guys, not so much. These yeah. guys, I think, are pretty cool. It, it just feels like a fuck you to get you to waste shots, honestly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a really frustrating section where you have these blast chambers um, in the filtration area uh, that'll just fill with fire. So you have to, um, you know, figure out. Uh, or at least one of the ways through this is to align yourself at the door so you can shoot these fuses to open the next door. Like that's the trick to mm. it. Yeah. 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 There's a, there's a later thing that kind of will play on this. That I think is way worse. Yeah. But this is, this is frustrating. Yeah. Um, there's a zero G section with these, uh, these, uh, generator things there that you have to stasis. You have to, you have to hit with those, uh, hit with your, your, your time beam. Yep. And to kind of move through, but you're kind of just, again, it's three paragraph essay, like go find the, the bladders, <laughs> go to the uh, the filtration, go to this, so you can open up the way to the actual boss fight. Yeah. Around this time, Kendra talks about getting a message from her brother who has long been dead. Um, mm. And then right before you get to the boss, you get this audio log from Nicole who says, like, hey, I'll be waiting for you up ahead. Like, hey, you know, I'm here. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, it's ju- like chapter six, Dead Space. <laughs> you don't have to underline it this hard. You don't have to juxtapose them. <laughs> like this is something you do in an epilogue. Yeah. Like it's like this is to make sure I get it, not to like <laughs> I don't know, man. There's like credit my fucking intelligence for one second. <laughs> like ah. Um yeah. it's it's funny seeing this in notes because it's kinda you know, I played this in a in kind of long stretches, you know. Yeah. Several chapters at a time. But seeing how close some of this this information is together. Yep. It's just like, wow. <laughs> you can play this game in like two sittings and get you know, all of the plot told you 10 times. Uh-huh. You know? Um, yep. Not a, n- not that big of a fan of, uh, of, of the pacing that information is doled out. I'd like to be kept in suspense a little bit longer. Yeah. It's not, it's not a mystery. Right. Um, so essentially you're going into this boss thing with the, uh, the gigantic, uh, the Leviathan. Yes. Uh, here. And the gigantic, uh, kind of food storage silo. It is, you know, um, gathered up some of that biomass and turned into a gigantic thing that is strangling the life support of the ship. A big um, butthole. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's, it's a big quiver and butthole, um, at the far end yeah. of the hall. 
Yeah, with with those tentacles that are explicitly the tentacles that have been dragging you. So like, this is where <laughs> I think, oh, this should be the end of that encounter. Right. <laughs> like those things shouldn't show up anymore because I'm killing the source of them. Right. Right. Uh, no. no. No, um, they're they're independent. Those are just like you know pleasure tentacles that like you know <laughs> because when you kill those things too, they just they literally disappear. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The tentacles, like what are these things? What are they? What are they in the world? Right. You know, uh, this this feels so weird and gamey as compared to everything else. But um, this boss fight, I think, is all right. Uh-huh. Um, it's a little like Zelda y where it's like, hey, there's do the three tentacles, and then the middle thing opens up, which you can then shoot. Like it feels like a three D Zelda boss to me. Yeah. It's like mix and match. Hey, here are the tentacles. Here's the open butthole. And then here's yeah. the tentacles and the open butthole. Yeah, it's that place. It's that Pizza Hut uh, wing stop. You know? <laughs> you had to go down to. <laughs> I would not. Okay, I can't decide if I would want to eat at a place you called the open the butthole. butthole? <laughs> yeah. Well, what if I had a tentacle attached to it? <laughs> okay. Like, like in that way, if you got a buddy and like they want to get tentacles and you want to get open butthole, like yeah. Nazi. <laughs> So, <laughs> I don't want to think about somebody playing Yahtzee with their butt. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a real past the pigs experience. Like you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. But, it's been no, a while since I thought about past the pigs. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. It's like a gentleman's Yahtzee. <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> I know we're going so slow, but that is too good. <laughs> This is this is a long episode. Yeah, it's fine. Of the Watch Out for Fireballs podcast series. Um, so we move into uh, so after you beat him, I mean, you just have to keep hitting that the center butthole a whole bunch. The center butthole will throw out uh, explodey things at you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I was like, oh, I'm supposed to throw these things back. I think it's a little fiddly. I kept missing them yeah. in the air uh, because the range of your kinesis, like you can upgrade that, but it never seemed like a good thing to upgrade because it no. was mostly a tool uh, for me. So it's like I. I Eventually, it was just like, stop doing any cuteness with this and just shoot it. Yeah. And got it, no problem. Yeah. The the, the the worst thing about that is you will kinesis one of those explodey things, throw it back, and then it will just hit another explosion bladder that it throws at you. Yeah. Which like will the, cloud your vision for the third one that's coming out. Right. Because you know, right. they just come a little too quick. Yeah. Uh, the way around that is to just constantly moving left and right so you throw it at a different angle. But that is, again, very fiddly. And the uh, the tentacles come down and slam to attack you, and the way to get around that is it's zero g. Yeah. So they it's an unavoidable attack, uh, but you can jump up to the ceiling. Right. Uh, but you have to do. It's kind of tricky because you don't want to jump too far, uh, too many you know too many degrees because then you will take too long in the air and you won't be able to readjust your aim to shoot the weak point on the tentacle while it's still out. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's like it's not a bad boss fight. Um, no, and it combines a lot of systems in it. Like doing a zero g boss fight, it would be kind of disappointing. I think if they didn't do it. Yeah I, yeah, I think this is probably about as good as you can get for that. Yeah. You know, um, and probably, probably the best boss fight in the game. I'm trying yeah. to think of what else is good. I don't I don't like the other ones that much. Like, they're fine, but I think this is probably at least the most imaginative one. Yeah, um, I, I would definitely agree. And, and again, this will be a point. There are there are more good zero G boss fights in two. Yeah, and yeah. I, I can believe it. Yeah. It's a cool design space to to spend time in yeah you know and this feels a little bit like a draft and it's not you know it's pretty good Mm -hmm. like it's actually a pretty good boss fight yeah um moving on moving on into the void (laughs) into the void so hammond is gone you know again we have restored the air but we don't know if he ever suffocated to death or not and kendra is all about sending out a distress signal um so we can so we can get somebody anybody to come get us because there's no way off of this rock ourselves so what we need to do is find the beacon and put it on an asteroid so we can send it out into space 
Yes. And this is at least, you know, this is a lot of puzzles that kind yeah. of spend in this level. You, you There's a little bit of light combat because there's light combat that dust over everything in this game. But right. at the very least, it's kind of nice to, after a boss fight, have kind of a, you know, uh, mechanics driven yeah. level. Like puzzle is a weird way to put it. Like it's it's kind of tasks, but you're engaging with a system in an interesting way. Yeah. You know. And, and most of the combat is kind of constrained to these uh, uh, elevators and trams and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, you do this like really, you know, a Metal Gear Solid, like you go on an elevator and, and guys come down to you. It's essentially the same thing as a quarantine room. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, enemies come down to the elevator forever. You fight them. Yeah. Because shit. Um, you uh, you get to this point where there are these asteroids here uh, that are kind of floating. It's teaching you to kind of like tether these asteroids and put them into this like gravity beam that shoots them out yeah. to clear out this room. Mm-hmm. Um, this is really satisfying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shooting these gigantic, huge things in slow motion that hit this, you know, big glowing beam. Like it looks really cool and it's really satisfying. Very empowering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you fight on a tram until you get to a room where Nicole is on the other side of a, uh, of, of a ravine. Um, and yeah. like, Hey, you know, I, I can't wait to meet you. I can't, you know, let's go, let's get reunited. Uh, I, I will just fiddle, uh, fiddle around on this computer while you shoot these aliens that are coming after me. Yes. Uh, and at this point, I am 100. Like, oh, you're not real. Uh, you know, I know. I, again, I knew that. But I also um, didn't know that I was supposed to like I wasn't I kind of like checked out because she was talking and I was like, you know, kind of bored. <laughs> right. And then when I looked up, something was threatening her and she was kind of like cowering <laughs> by the computer. And I was like, oh, I should probably shoot that, uh, you know, and uh, you, you get that if you if she dies here, you just die. Right. Um, and it's not really explained or anything. Right. Like, it's not like, uh, you know, Isaac then, like, puts the gun under his head and blows his head off or anything. He just kind of dies. Yeah, he just kind of, like, falls to his knees and does a why kind of thing. Yeah. 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 Well, I know he never speaks, but. It's a, yeah. Yeah. It's a non-standard game over. <laughs> right. Um, and, again, let us hang a lantern on this. Uh, after you do this Nicole section, uh, Kendra says, oh, I lost your signal for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, it looks like a necromorph to you. Um, <laughs> you know. oh, there's a wonderful audio log too of uh, of an engineer, somebody who we've heard of a couple of times here. Dallas, uh, he's about to die, but he's cutting off his his own arms so he won't hurt anybody if he turns. And you get to hear this in, in excruciating detail. It goes on for a really long time. It's a lot like uh, Will Ferrell and Austin Powers. <laughs> like it's, it goes on for a really long time. I love like, that bit. That is the uh, that, that is one of the best yeah. jokes in Austin Powers. It, it really is. Like, yeah. It's, uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so uh, after after this, uh, you have to go to this, like, section where uh, the gravity tethers have this this asteroid uh, right. that has these, like, kind of spinning gyroscopes on it. So first you have to jump up to the asteroid, <laughs> plant a, a tracker, and jump off. Right. Um, so it's kind of a timing section. But then you have to destroy all these gravity tethers yeah. here. And combat is light here. It, there's still combat. Like, things uh-huh. are going to come out here, but... <laughs> Um, going out onto the asteroid when it's like in space to destroy the gravity tethers is really cool. Yeah. Like, you know, you're just on the outside of the ship and there's just space and it's Mm -hmm. forever around you and it's pretty, pretty neat looking. Yeah. There's a a game that came out, um, on PC and on PS4 that was meant to be a, um, like a VR experience, but it specifically is leveraging how cool it is to do spacewalks. Um, and you can play Mm -hmm. without VR. I cannot for the life of me remember what it was called. Um, but mm. I very much want to play it because it is a cool experience to walk on the side of a ship. Yeah, I think that's a cool idea. It's yeah. terrifying. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's like that having nothing around you is yeah. is really spooky.
Yeah. So moving on to chapter eight, um, search and rescue. And I also say like, as I mentioned a couple chapters ago where I'm like, I'm a little bit annoyed by the task that we're, you know, the tasking that's going on in here. Yeah. This yeah. subplot, like these couple chapters we deal with, with the, uh, the military stuff mm-hmm. also feel a little bit superfluous to me. Yeah. Um, they introduce a new enemy type and stuff, but it feels a little bit like padding. Like, yeah. And, and it's also like when I, when I was reminded that this is a system shot kind of thing, like you do exactly the same thing. You move on to a new ship in a system shot game. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's like, and it, theoretically it's a cool idea, uh-huh. I think, but it just, it's, it's not introducing enough new game shit. Yeah. I think. Um, so the, the USM Valor has picked up your, your signal that you shot off on a, a meteor. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it turns out they also picked up one of the escape pods that Hammond sent out with uh, with a Necromorph on it. Yes. Uh, and this military ship gets taken over by them. Um, <laughs> at first, it seems like why it is a military ship dying to one Necromorph. But then you also when you get there, you find Unitology. Yeah. yeah. Uh, graffiti and stuff. So it's like they were sabotaged, too, because the fucking Unitologists are literally destroying all of Earth. Go, <laughs> I guess there it is. Um, uh, we have a response about that, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, our, our friend Paul has, uh, has written in with some good sources and stuff about kind of like, strangely enough, some precedent for that. Oh, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you go up to this upper floor and like, there are these, uh, it's an introduction to these spindly undead who break up into spiders. Um, I need to look up what they are. I'm sure they're called like duplicators or something like that. Yeah. Uh, dividers. The, um... There we go. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, but um, so these things are really introduced like a boss. Like they get their own music sting and stuff. And I never yeah. found them that challenging. It, um, the, the, it's it weird. will definitely catch you by surprise. Like the first time you fight them and their arm turns into a spider that comes up and gets you, um, it will end up, you know, like getting you. It got me anyway. Mm. Um, but after you understand that, you know exactly how you should prioritize them. Yeah. Um, you find a, an audio log here that talks about how, uh, you know, the captain, uh, won't, the captain in the, the shipyard in the Ishimura mm-hmm. won't actually do a distress beacon, um, because the mining operation is illegal. Uh, they're right. in forbidden space. They're in the neutral zone. They cannot, uh, you know, so they're doing, doing crimes. Right. Right. Um, so they're all going to die, <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, and then yes. they do. This is forbidden um, space. Some kind of dead space, if you will. If you will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's a small puzzle where you align these satellites. Again, you just have to make sure they're symmetrical. Um, and once you get the comms up, you find out the information. Hey, the, val- the Valor has achieved this. And uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, they're all dead now. Yes. Yeah. Um, so uh, you need to boost your signal. You've set up the comms already, but you have to actually boost the signal so you can get out past the uh, USM, USM Gap Valor, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another kind of miniature boss fight here. Um, this is another turret section. You get on another turret to fight this guy, kind of throwing, tossing things at you. It's he's got five tentacles uh, that all have their weak points. Yeah, and they just kind of move and squirm around and throw things at you. Um, as you get rid of tentacles, the boss fight becomes much easier. Yep, it's a, it's an inverse like curve kind of thing where it's like, oh, I I always did the middle three first because uh, your center mass takes more damage mm-hmm. in turret sections, um, and then I just had the exterior ones, and it's like I've got like forty percent health, and they can barely damage me, and I can keep on top of this for for days if i have to yeah it's such night and day with the other one that is so frantic and shitty yeah yeah this is this is like a formality yeah you know um just make this the only one make it make it empowering make it a boss fight yeah <laughs> you know switch yeah, context or, or for that do the other one and make it just the other one really easy just to get you familiar with the controls yeah you know um yeah this is i mean i don't even know why this this is necessarily here right what is this thing you're fighting it's just like another thing on the hull uh, I don't... It's, it's called the slug okay 
<laughs> that, um, but, that's but not an narr- answer. And when they're narratively, like, why are we fighting it? Like, what uh, is it? it? It is literally just covering the blast door that is that, oh, that gotcha. is causing interference. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, so we we need to get them. the data somewhere, and this thing is stopping yes. the data. Okay. So yeah, you kill you kill him. Um, the Valor, however, you know, as we mentioned, has been taken over by Necromorphs. Crashes into the the Ishimura, <laughs> and kind of like uh, you know d- get, gets into it, like just pierces the hull. Right. Right. Yeah. And so, and, yeah, Ham at this point is like, okay, that's enough. <laughs> this has gotten way out of hand. Yeah. Really? <laughs> really, Hammond? Um, yeah. So, fuck the mission. We're going to do what we can to get out. Um, we can get out if we get a singularity core from the Valor. Right. Um, we need a, a part from their ship. Yep. So, we need to go onto the military ship full of the military men and get this thing out in chapter nine, dead on arrival. So, we're going in, into their cargo hold to get their spare one, right? Um, yes. And we find out that the Valor was not sent here on a rescue mission. No, no, no. They were sent here on Seek and Destroy. Yes. Um, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, they. Uh, we also find out that their <laughs> soldiers, um, since they have stasis units like we do, uh, something has happened and their stasis units have been absorbed into them. <laughs> yep. Which make them move like, move like J-Horror. Right, like, right. Which Jacob's Ladder guys. <laughs> Yep. Um, These guys also have a dumb name. Would you believe me if I said they were called the Twitchers? Yeah, I I actually knew they were called Twitchers, (laughs) which is like, okay. Um, Whatever. Um, It it is a cool combat wrinkle, again, because these guys are much faster and harder to aim at. Again, it it makes sense for the stakes to be raised up here. Um, However, having a level about these is much more satisfying than just having some of the regular looking guys who can sidestep your shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right before this is a totally superfluous, like clearing the radiation out of the <laughs> airlocks thing, which yeah. we like, we literally just did that right. with the meteors, like putting the, the meteors in the, the tractor beam thing. Yeah. Like it just happened. Like almost the identical sequence. Yeah. You know, I think literally the only difference is that uh, oxygen is limited here. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it just, it's really repeating ideas. Um, you get to this other ship, um, you know, the soldiers are, are super fast. Um, there are more, there are a couple gravity panels. So those, uh, you know, those have been gone for a couple levels and now there are a couple of them that are back. Yep. Um, and we're introduced to Dr. Kine at yes. this point. Uh, somebody we've heard about from, uh, before, um, mm-hmm. you know, he is mentioned in a couple of logs, but now he is here and, uh, talking to us kind of in the flesh. Um, and he is talking about like, Hey, we, we shouldn't just use the core, uh, to escape. We can actually use this to set things right. You know, to re- to return the marker to the planet because that is when things went wrong. Um, and he even says, like, "Hey, the church is wrong. Everybody who has been, you know, working against us, yeah, they're they're fuckers." Which we know. Yeah, yeah. Again, thanks, Doctor Kine. Um, <laughs> the uh, to you know, fi- fair enough, right? Like it, it, it's a uh, you know, Godzilla want you know, we're we're harming its eggs. You know, that's why <laughs> this thing is after us. Right. Um. This sequence with the the singularity core is also one of my least favorite sequences in the game. Yeah, uh, I know I'm being, being cranky, but like, this sucks. Like, the 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 points in which um, so it's these gigantic blast furnaces that come. You can kinesis these um, these things that look a little bit like blast furnaces. Yeah. Um, as shielding, um, the spot in which how close you have to be to the shield before you get set on fire feels arbitrary and fiddly. Uh, it is not. It, it it is not adequately visually signaled. It's not. It's not visually signaled at all. Right. Like it's just, you can just be a tiny like a hair outside of this radius and just get set on fire and watch this really long annoying fire animation that lasts about as long as it takes for another fire to come. Right. 
Um, like, you know, with this, this little cutscene you get to watch of Isaac being on fire <laughs> lasts a really long time that limits your time to, again, so it's like, you know, mistakes lead to other mistakes. Right. Um, and it's just tedious. Like, it's a really tedious sequence mm-hmm. of, of going, like, using the shield, slowly, methodically walking up, cutting these things yeah. while fire blows around you. Yeah. Um, you have to do it you, twice, uh, too. Yeah, you have to do it on either side. And you have to do it on the way back because you can't run back in time. She had to slowly move the kinesis up one thing per one thing on the jet, shoot all the things, then slowly move it back, then do it on the other side. If you, uh, and the game doesn't really explain that you have to do this, really. You just kind of have to figure it out, which I respect. But if you uh, go towards the core before one of them, because one of the um, little things you have to cut, one of the circuit things you have to cut is kind of shielded or it looks like it's already cut or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, I didn't do that one. It wasn't glowing. It didn't have sparks. So I walk towards the core and you just instantly die. Yep. Uh, no matter what's happening, you just go, Poink! you know, and it's like, oh, okay. You know, I don't know. I, I found this immensely frustrating. It's also when you use the guide at this point, because I was like, why am I dying when I go for this thing? I've destroyed all the circuits. Mm-hmm. The guide just sends you downstairs without getting the core. Yep. Like the guide's incorrect here. So, it, so it, this thing you've been able to rely on is telling you that you're at a dead end. Yeah. It's literally just putting me up to a window that I can't walk through. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, and that the window, there's a cutscene that happens after you get this core, but the right. way this core sequence articulates is really shitty. Yeah. Even if it wasn't, uh, you know, the, wasn't visually signaled, even if you didn't get set on fire all the time, like, is this really a task that is testing anything? Like, is this anything <laughs> other than my patience? Like, is this, this is a good gameplay challenge, you know? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's one of those weird things. I'm going to contradict us, but say like, Hey, this might've been, this might've been a good place for combat. Like actually, you you know, using this safe space to, um, you know, give yourself an advantage against stuff that is coming at you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and or even just if it just needs to be a perfunctory thing that like is just an engineering task you need to do. Yeah. Uh, just cool it a little bit, <laughs> you know, like have, uh, you know, have the the zone of grace be like a tube yeah. behind the, the shield or like the middle section is full of uh things that look like shields mm-hmm. like they you know these like vertical pillars that look like they could function as shields that don't yeah why like i don't know i just i don't <laughs> i don't really get why you would do that like you have a specific way you want me to solve this encounter and you have done a really bad job of like visually indicating how i should do it yeah and also like. you're making me do it twice like that would be a fantastic way uh to make this not as bad is just cut yeah. it in half yeah yeah um, so I, I'm pretty frustrated by this sequence. And then right afterwards, um, Hammond shows up, yeah. uh, and he, uh, a brute kind of comes out and we get to watch him die from behind glass. <laughs> he's ripped limb from limb. Yeah. He's, he's torn. He's dismembered. I don't know why that is um, so funny. Like it doesn't serve a purpose. All it does is like, Oh, like run, run as fast as you can. And then he's, and then he's done and out of the story. And then you don't run. You just kill the brute. Right. I don't have to run. I have weapons. Like, I, I shoot him in the back like you told me to. Yeah. Remember? You're the fucking like, Marine, man. Yeah, you're literally the one who said I have to shoot them in the back, and you're just wasting all your ammo into his face. <laughs> Ugh. Um, but yeah. Anyway, so it moves into Chapter 10. Chapter 10, the end of days. Nicole is D? What? Oh. <laughs> what is D and D, Nicole D. Um, so delightful. <laughs> so, uh, when you uh, get back here, someone has taken the spare navigation cards out of the spare shuttle. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you're one way out again. You're being sabotaged at every turn. Um, and you go back to an area you've been before. I think this is the uh, um, either the living quarters or the med bay, um, but it has changed. Everything is full of candles. 
like somebody yeah. has somebody has been really getting busy with their zippo um and you see these bodies whose heads are wrapped in white cloth so all of a sudden there is this creepy cultish uh kind of vibe to this once familiar area which is cool like it looks cool like the white cloth is a good visual yeah. the candles are is a, a nice quality of light yeah if, if i didn't just know oh the unitologists have taken over it's the guy who's been taunting me yeah like yeah. if i didn't if i didn't just know this would be a cool reveal for that mm-hmm. you know i guess it's just kind of like the sloppy storytelling on offer in general yeah here but it's a cool it's cool visually uh for sure yeah. um, um in my notes here i have it as dr kime but i got confused this is actually mercer uh, he was the person who's been uh, uh, sabotaging us, the guy who uh, created the regenerator. We took mm. care of his kid, but not him. But yeah, he's talking crazy to a tied up person saying, hey, um, you know, Dr. Cross, again, Nicole is a true believer and she's, you know, been awaiting her transformation. Then he stabs the man in the head and does yeah. his weird injection stuff. Every time one of these things happens, it just makes you watch like through the glass and then all the doors seal around you, yep. which is a real video gamey thing. But I don't understand why the computer like previous to this, there, it's diegetic the way the computer seals you into things. Yeah. It's like it's a decontamination thing <laughs> um, here. I don't know why it's happening and it, I don't know why that bugged me, but yeah. it bothered me a little bit. Um, but very just again, like at this point, I'm sapped of a lot of goodwill. Um, <laughs> so you're going and getting these cards. Um, they're all in kind of different areas of the recreation and living quarters. Yeah. No, I'm going to go get the cards. Um, there's one in this like Z- uh, grav ball or whatever, like the sport. <laughs> I th- I so thought that it was going to make me play grav ball to get it. You can play grav ball though. Did you play some grav ball? No, I didn't play grav ball at all. You uh, if you play grav ball, um, if you get good enough scores, it unlocks those lockers that are outside and you get rewards. <laughs> oh shit! Really? Yeah, it's yeah. grav ball is like a legit game. Like I, I played a little bit of grav ball and I'm like, <laughs> this, is, this is all right. It's not it's not bad. It, it's it's like a weird little. Uh, you just have to like tap these platforms and watch the timer and make sure you can, you know, shoot the ball yeah. in time. So it's a little risk reward kind of thing, but, yeah. um, yeah, you can, after you fight the guys in here, you actually do get to play some grab ball. I, man, I, I wanted to play grab ball, but I was too dumb to figure out how to start grab ball. It's a, uh, it's, you have to actually clear the part that it wants you to do. You have to get the card and stuff and then there'll be a oh, little, shit. uh, floating thing you can activate. Yeah. Uh, there's also a part around here that activates a, an RE4 style, uh, shooting gallery. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't, I, ammo was too precious for this. I'm like, no, it, it makes, know. um, it, it, uh, it gives you infinite ammo for that. Oh, does it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, so, it's, it's so a shooting in, gallery. Yeah. It's like we split the mini games. Like, it, it's like, <laughs> it's like, like how Mar- we split Oblivion. <laughs> split like, Morrowind. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, another vignette, uh, laughing, <laughs> laughing woman blows her head off. Okay. While well, we're getting a little bit, uh, uncreative at this point, but whatever, it's fine. I appreciate the effort. Speaking or, of getting uncreative at this point, <laughs> um, the doctor's pet is back. Yep. Um, so here's a thing where uh, that I, I fucking hate. Uh, again, when I'm talking about that pacing thing. So we, eventually he comes to you, do this long, long chase sequence. You have to run through this room full of bunks. Um, you know, the, he releases him there. Like you go through these bunks that you have to move around in this kind of Sokoban section. Yeah. You get the card. He releases the pet. The pet chases you. Um, it's really tense because you have to soak it, reverse soak a bond to get out. Yeah. So you're doing like you're, you know, I'm going to cut off his legs and then stasis him so he can't get to me while I can fiddle with his kinesis. Yeah. You get out, you get to this hallway, you get a message uh, at this point from Dr. Kine. I'm saying, I'm like, okay, I'm past the door. I'm safe. I'm listening to the message. Mm-hmm. The thing bursts through the door. 
Yep. And attacks me while I'm doing that. Like, it attacks you from a different angle. So you thought you trapped him, but no, he found another way. Yeah, let me fucking <laughs> do your story, Dead Space. <laughs> Why? Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm like, I, I guess like the idea is it's supposed to be I'm running while like on a cell phone. Right. Or right. something. But like the music calms down and stuff. And then you just did a jump scare when this thing came up. And then it's just a jump scare pops out again. <laughs> like, good God, man. <laughs> like, yeah. Get off my dick. Ugh. excitable puppy <laughs> yep it's uh it, it's a little one note <laughs> yeah th- i mean this it just you know it, during a cutscene, you know is just it's like i you come to peace with it happening when you're shopping right right you know and, it, and it's like i came to peace where like and we didn't really talk about this but there is kind of a little bit of a hint at like a paced rhythm of this when after you complete your goal for the level you walk back to the tram yeah. and usually that uh is it's less intense but there's always just a hallway with one guy that pops out uh-huh. and he's like in front of you. It's not going to be a challenge. It's not going to be uh, an interesting new encounter. It's just there to like keep you, you know, don't get bored. Yep. There's still monsters. Um, and I don't like that as a pacing thing, but to do it while I'm like learning the story, especially as like the story is, uh, you know, I don't like the story that much, but it's getting good. Quote unquote. Like, yeah, yeah. What's the, I, I want to know what Dr. Kind's about. You know, there's a legitimate mystery there, whether this guy is like, on your side or not. Yeah. So everything he says is at least a little bit interesting and it, I can't, I can't listen to it because I'm getting attacked and dealing with this thing. Uh-huh. It's weird. It's a really weird thing. Like, <laughs> you know, nemesis attacks all the time, right? Like we'll do resident evil three at some point and I'm really looking forward to it. Like I Me love too. resident evil three. Yeah. Um, nemesis never attacks during a cutscene, <laughs> you know, because that would be asinine. Yeah. Like you, you just wouldn't do that, you know? And if it happened, it would happen once like the attack that happens during the, uh, uh save room or whatever. Yeah. And, you know, that happens. It's a one-time trick. It just happens all the time in Dead Space. Yeah. You know, calm down. <laughs> it's not uh, It's not disruption when it happens all the time, you know? Yeah. I'm not using that in a shitty Silicon Valley kind of way. I'm literally just saying, like, the point of these things is to, like, lull you into a rhythm and then and then break it. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's to uh, establish a pattern and then, you know, interrupt it, right? Uh, yeah. No, it doesn't happen when it's all that. The interruption is the, the pattern. Right. You know, there is, there is nothing to, there's no baseline. Yeah. You know, I, I never, I never get a chance to like calm down. So I never get a chance to be scared. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's cause this game has a reputation for being like one of the most frightening games of all time. And like the only, there are a couple of jumps that got me because I'm susceptible to jump scares, but the only scare I feel like is a really good scare is the one in, in no atmosphere. Right. Because it happens after a quiet moment. Yeah. You know, it's literally a silent moment. Yeah. Um, I don't find this game scary at all because it never lets up. <laughs> f- f- you know, f- fear is really subjective. Um, yeah, they're in for there. sure, sure. I'm not saying, I'm, yeah. but this is the reason why. Like, the, I found it frustrating because I want to find it scary. I'm not uh-huh. one of those people who tries to like outsmart scary media. Oh yeah, I wasn't. Um, I wasn't trying to chastise you. I'm just saying, like, we have limited vocabulary and we we use scary to talk about very different things. I yes. think this game is more exhausting um, than it is actually frightening, and that is. That is the thing. That is a valid thing to happen in media, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. my nerves are frayed because of this experience. Okay, yes. like, you know, like, you can go to a horror game or any piece of horror media for, you know, for different kinds of things. That is here. However, like, if you go into it expecting something different, there's going to be a tremendous amount of dissonance for that. It's. It reminds me, like, it's It's not with a horror thing, but if you watch, like, an action movie, that's all visceral thrill. Yeah. You know, you watch You watch your, like, John Wick's or your Fury Roads or whatever. Even those movies have downtime. Right. You know, like, everything has downtime uh, in it. You know, even those movies that are thought of, like, 
Fury Road is probably, you know, it's, it's nonstop action. Well, it's like probably like 75% action. Right. You know, there's exposition, <laughs> there's world building, there's all these things that this game just doesn't allow you to do. And in a horror vocabulary, what that means is everything is shock, nothing is dread, nothing is, uh, you know, these different kinds of flavor of horror that are very important. Mm-hmm. You know, um, nothing is like slowly dawning horror. Yeah. You know, and that's what this these story moments could be, you know, but they just don't give you a chance to feel it. Yeah. It never uh, it never fertilizes. It just reaps and reaps and reaps, you know, yes. and it's and it's playing off of I think what it's trying to do is hit a, a disgust. Right. Like um, a, a real foundational book for me and understanding this stuff has been um, Stephen King's Dance Macabre, which is mm-hmm. just his, you know, his dissection of the horror genre. And that is a huge point that he makes is that there are kind of these different flavors or different elements, you know, and like disgust is a really, really strong one. And it just depends on how much you can be discussed about what you see here or how much you just think, hey, this is a video game and I'm looking at a wireframe, you know, like the concepts can be cool and good. But like, how much are you trading on just like, ooh, it's a flesh wall. That's kind of gross. Or yeah, that's like not a how house of a thousand corpses. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Like just uh, just just the grotesque, the pure right. grotesque for 10 hours. Yeah. You know, and I think that uh, when, you, when you look at that in terms of, of movies, like, yeah. You know, like I can do that for two hours. Yeah. It really just becomes a time thing where it's like 10 hours is a big difference to two hours. Mm-hmm. You know, even if I'm playing in smaller sessions, like it just kind of, uh, you know, it, it does become very exhausting. Yeah. Uh, with that stuff. And it, it's also it's frustrating to me specifically with the story, because when I say like this is when the unitology stuff like this unitologist guy that we've been dealing with, like I like that part of the story. Yeah. You know, like that is that is the most interesting thing that can happen in this mm-hmm. to me. Um, finding the pamphlets. I think you find one. You find the first pamphlet around here, or you find it. Uh, yeah, like now that the the place has been has the cultist. Mm-hmm. You find the pamphlet, and it's like, oh, okay, that's what these things. That's cool. <laughs> you know, it has that little bit of that mundanity that comes with a uh, you know advertising or kind of ad copy. Yeah. Uh, in this world, like it feels like it's of the world. Like it's yeah. a neat moment. Like I want to. I want to indulge in this idea. Yeah, it's a new voice. And I, and I and I can't not just because they want to show something else. It's to make it even worse. It's to do something they've already done. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's another pursuit from the thing I already dealt with, and I'm going to deal with it in exactly the same way. Yeah. So, it, yeah. And so, you know, me being the Pollyanna that I am, I'm I'm trying to look at this in a way that would make it successful. This is probably an amazing experience for somebody who hasn't seen these concepts before, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, there could be a tremendous amount of novelty for somebody who is coming at this if this is their first experience with a horror game or if they've, ne- if they've never really, you know, jumped into Event Horizon or Alien again, you know, like like maybe this could be, a, you know, like just just a wonderful thing. There could be novelty here and, you know, a, a, preponder- a preponderance of new ideas or ideas that are new to you. Mm-hmm. I'm speaking personally for me can actually paper over a lot of these flaws. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, who knows? Like, it's hard for me to put myself in a mindset that like doesn't. Yeah. You know, who doesn't know about like pursuit as a as a horror thing? It's a it's it's totally it's it's totally counterfactual because both of us came came to this. You know, even even when I did play this, I had a lot of you know a lot of experience with it. God, it Mm -hmm. sounds like I'm sucking my own dick. I don't. I really don't mean. Well, I mean, not really. Like that's. I mean, it's it's a weird. Be a weird brag. Like if that was the you know. Yeah. Um. Like I mean, I don't care how often you can suck your own dick, Cole. Like it's. You know, that's uh, I, I'm impressed, but I'm not that impressed. 
Um, <laughs> I, I was I was making the the making responding to your literal thing to your yeah, yeah, yeah I know I, I I just realized that it made that sound like I was talking about your actual point and that was a mean <laughs> thing to say like no. listen listen big boy shut up that's <laughs> like, not what I meant yeah no um, I, it's it's fine <laughs> yeah I just I just uh, I can I can see that I can see it being like oh all these concepts are kind of fresh but I think when you do something that is uh explicitly a work of homage uh-huh you lose that like this is made oh, for people so who like alien you know like you, you you can't do an homage thing and be like this is like baby's first space station horror mm-hmm. you know i don't know like i, I just i don't think i just don't think it works uh-huh. and it made it not super scary for me and it like then what was left was the action which like at times was good but was too repetitive yeah you know um <sighs> Yeah, and know. that's Dead Space. Oh shit! Actually, <laughs> oh, no. No, we actually have way more of the yeah. not way more, we, but there, but there's, yeah. but there's some more. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> so Doctor Khan says, "Hey, come meet me. Come meet me in the ex- the executive suites." And throughout all this, he's ranting about somebody that you've never seen and has never really been introduced. Somebody mm-hmm. named Amelia. Um, and on the other side of this glass, he talks about like, Hey, I actually lost hope when this outbreak started and it's me. I'm the person who started sabotaging all of these systems. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and he says like, all of this is being caused a, by the marker and B by this huge creature that is down planet side, uh, called the hive mind. And so like we, you know, the more important thing to do in order to stop this madness is to use our one chance of escape to reunite the marker with the planet in order to stop this from, you know, going on because otherwise, um, this can get worse. It's, um, it's very noteworthy that, uh, during this whole time, Kendra is telling us not to trust this dude. Yeah. Uh, and that it will end up making sense It will in a second. You think it's just going to be another like betrayal, you know, like (laughs) at this point we think, um, Hammond did like we think Hammond was, you know, Hammond died, but like shade was cast on him. Yeah. You know, and this it's kind of like it's it's subtle for things that are not subtle in this game where Kendra's like, hey, everyone Kendra cast shade on is actually pretty solid and dies, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. The, one of the very few set pieces without combat, you find the uh, captain's uh, log or captain's personal quarters here mm-hmm. uh, where this is the uh, the room full of crazy kind of thing, right? Like this yeah, has the yeah. uh, candles and, and heads. Yep. <laughs> Lots yeah. of heads. Uh, most yeah. of the executive suite is like that. And this is visually very different from the rest of the ship. Like, you know, there is red carpet around. There is actual furniture as opposed to just, you know, a bunk that is made out of pipes. You know? Yes. Yeah. Um, super dig that. Um, we find out the captain, like the corruption goes all the way to the top. Like yeah. he's also a unitologist. Yeah. Um, and there's this introduction of somebody who will be uh, looked into a lot later in, in the uh, expanded fiction. Uh, he ends his message with Altman, Altman be praised. Altman yes. is kind of the uh, the Elron Hubbard of this unitology. Yeah. And we've seen him before. He was in that pamphlet. Yeah. We saw it before. And it turns out he's a good guy. He seems like he's a villain, but it, I guess the uh, the pre stuff is very sympathetic to him. Yeah. Um, um, so we fight the regenerator thing again, um, this time in a shuttle bay. So we like blast some rocket engines. So we use fire to kill it instead of ice, but it, mm-hmm. you do the exact same thing mechanically. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, I mean, it takes a while. It's a big fight, but it's, we've already talked about it, you know, yep. um, so we're going <laughs> to jump past there. it. Um, so, uh, kind is talking about kind of maneuvering the marker, um, to, to get it back in there. And he says like, Hey, this will make them whole again. And for the slow people in the audience, like <laughs> ding, this, ding, will, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, this will, this will explain that to you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh we also uh we have to deal with the open thread of our friend mercer uh who with all of his plans and ruined in his last child 
um, you know, dead, uh, he decides to ascend by letting himself be attacked by a mutator, right? Like yes. the idea for these unitologists, they believe that uh, the marker and the necromorphs are not quite the next evolution, but, but for a way for consciousness to transcend the flesh and death itself. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, and become part of this one, this like collectivist right. thing. Yeah. You know, and that's, uh, you know, that that's fine. That makes sense. And it's explicitly uh, System Shock. Yeah. You know, the, the big collectivist said, like, we fought the many mm-hmm. in System Shock. Like, um, so this moves on to Chapter 11, Alternate Solutions. Um, it, and this is, like, the long kind of gooey part of the game that's a lot about, like, moving cargo around and opening doors and stuff. Yeah, a lot of car- – like, <laughs> both like, of these chapters, there's just a tremendous amount of, like, hey, we have this marker, which I love the design of the marker. Like, it looks mm-hmm. – um, a little bit too perfect, but also kind of organic. It's like this twisted claw thing mm-hmm. almost. It's like a like the monolith or something like that. Um, but Doctor Kind kind of becomes your handler for this, saying like, "Hey, we need to go to the cargo storage and you know, uh, grab this thing and move it along to the shuttle." Yes. Yeah. Uh, which you which you really do like it's it's really like blue like blue collar job simulator <laughs> part of this like you know where it's like literally just moving a thing yeah around for most of these levels. Um, you uh. You have to make your make it from cargo storage and tons of tentacles show up again, which is like, why are there still these things? I already <laughs> fought that boss. Yeah. Um, lots of regular enemies. Mm-hmm. Um, moving through, uh, you get the and these tentacles behave differently than the ones that grab your ankles. Right, right. Um, they just kind of pop up from a void, uh, yes. and then uh, will slash at you maybe, but most of the time just present like, hey, here's some area denial. Uh, here's a chore that you have to deal with before you can move this thing along. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. Uh. Boy, what what next? Uh, <laughs> what next? You get into the shuttle bay and like, hey, let's you know, let's do some switch puzzles to uh, get it onto the onto the shuttle itself. Um, and Kine is there, like, hey, you meet him, like, okay, we're gonna do this, we're gonna get it down to the, we're gonna get it down to the planet. And then he's talking about, hey, uh, this, uh, uh, what's her name, Amanda or something like that, Amelia. You know, he's talking to somebody who isn't there. Um, and then Kendrick comes out and then shoots him. And this is where the uh, the betrayal um comes about because yes. kendra um is working to gather the shuttle itself so this marker is man-made it is yes. a replica of another marker that was found there's something about the glyphs and we've seen some of this alien writing throughout the ship um mm. but um you know like there's something about these glyphs and you know the power of that that actually is related to this you know weird ancient alien curse but Again, this is a Wayland Yutani kind of thing where they are trying to use uh, this organic creature as you know weapons or an umbrella corporation kind of thing. You know, do you think that the um, the fact that this was not the real gif is like a late development thing to make them there be a real gif so they can use that to drive sequels <sighs> or uh, like a marker, a real marker? Maybe because that feels fiddly to me. Like the the thing that is you know you've been dealing with this whole time is actually a fake, and we have the real one that you'll never actually see in the game. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, I, I like the idea. Like when I played this initially, I felt a tremendous amount of dread thinking like, oh, there are more of these, mm. you know, like and this is also something that is replicable. It's like a Pandora's box kind of thing. Yeah, because it, it, the fact that it's fake doesn't mean that it doesn't have the same kind of power. Right, right. Weirdly enough, um, because it's it's is, unless it happens and I missed it and you can tell me if I did, like we never deal with the real one. We are actually we continue to work towards getting the fake one back. The The, the real one was found closer to Earth. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's why I think it says that in the um in something, some kind of log yeah. thing. I think that again, I think this is revealed before she tells you that if you're, <laughs> if you're reading the stuff. But Maybe. the um, so we're still getting the fake one back. 
if the idea is that the um, the the marker controls the marker and the hive mind are antagonistic, right? In some way, right? Because there, it feels like we're, I'm being pulled in two different directions. Like something is making me see my ex girlfriend who is telling me to put this thing back, right? At the same time, something is animating these necromorphs that are trying to kill me. What is the what is that dissonance? Why are why am I being killed and helped? I have no or idea. Or killed and, and pushed. I don't <laughs> think there's a good answer for that. I feel like I was looking it up online trying to figure out what I missed. And it's like, oh, the marker is trying to help you reunite it, but the hive mind is trying to get you killed. But So it can propagate the, or something like that, yeah. Something like that. I don't know, but it, it's, it feels fiddly. Like it is a yeah. weirdly – it's like a complicated plot thing that – uh, you know, maybe it's just like too many twists piled up on oh, yeah. to each other, but it's not, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's it, like, it, it literally is just like, we have one force that is both trying to manipulate you to help it and also trying to kill you. You know, that pops yeah. up in a lot of games, actually. Like if your plan relied on me being in this particular place at this particular time, why were your people trying to kill me? Yeah. It, <laughs> it's always frustrating. Yeah. Like it's like, it is a video game trope thing, but it's just like, <laughs> you know, because you wouldn't, uh, I don't know. Like there would have been a way to, especially when you said now that you've introduced a false one, mm-hmm. there would have been a way to kind of square that circle, I think. Yeah. Like, you oh, know? like this is, th- th- this is an aberration, you know, for yeah. this aberration. Right. Yeah. The, the one, the ones, the, uh, the necromorphs that come from the false idol, uh, are, are, you know, bloodthirsty and crazy, but the ones that come from the real idol are not, mm-hmm. you know, um, and the, uh, maybe the, the hive mother can't tell the difference. And when, mm-hmm. you know, when something happens, like you actually fool this thing, it's, it's, you know, it's fallible. It's not this like, I don't know. I just feel like there's, there's be a way to do it. Yeah. Um, so this is the, the story at this point, the plot entirely has lost me. Like <laughs> anything that happens with the plot from here out, I hate. I'm, uh, I'm, so, I'm positive that there is an answer in the books, but I'm not going to read them. Yeah. Somebody will tell us. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure we'll, we'll get it. So yeah. if there's a um, way to make it satisfying, uh, cool. Yahtzee. However, it's outside of the game. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, the planet's a government test- testing ground. Wayland Utani, she flies off. Yeah. Um, we go to the flight deck. Um, you know, and we meet with Nicole. Mm-hmm. You know, our our ex, and she says, "Hey, um, we can get the marker back from the shuttle. You can make us whole again." This <laughs> is the place where, after she tells us that, when we walk by, there's a guardian by the door for no reason. Yep. <laughs> um, it's just like you just did a bunch of plot stuff. Let me just walk, please. Yeah. Let me please just walk. And also, yeah. uh, it's a little bit on the nose that as she is talking about this, any room that Nicole is in, um, is the, all of the screens are just filled with these bloody glyphs. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, um, so you call it call the shuttle that uh, back. Um, Kendra blasts off this escape pod, and you uh, you go in the shuttle and you head to the colony, head to the actual planet. You go to the planet, which has a really cool skybox. However, most of what you're doing in Chapter 12, which is... Just moving stuff around again. <laughs> yep. The eponymous dead space. You're trying to get the marker into position. Uh, yeah. Past all these drawbridges and shit. And and the, this is so super formulaic where you, like, lift the, you know, lift the drawbridge, move the <laughs> thing over, and it spawns two or three enemies. Yep. You move it to the next one, the same thing happens. Like, this game is, is so bereft of ideas by this point that yeah. it's, like... It's comical. Yeah, it really uh, sputters across the finish line. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, continue to do this. You know, you you do the you don't do anything new. 
This can no, kind of continue. No. So we'll just get like, sh- shoot to the story. This takes a long time, but nothing <laughs> is good here. Right. Um, until eventually uh, Kendra shows up uh, to portray you and kind of do her final villain speech. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, as you, you know, reunite the marker with the hive mind, she's like, hey, guess what? Uh, you've been a chump this whole time, not just to me, but to the hive mind itself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Hey, you know that video that you like? <laughs> what if you watch the end of it? Yeah. You know, uh, which is Bruce just, Willis is a ghost. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stop I, I, watching that VHS on, on I, the shuttle. I get annoyed by this because this is exactly the fucking twist from Silent yeah. Hill 2. Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like right yeah. <laughs> it's down to it's the letter almost. And, and, and way less kind of believable and good yeah. because like, so is here's the thing we were, we kind of hinted at the beginning of this and like somebody can write in and explain this to me. Um, so the idea, he had this video. Uh-huh. Um, so did he just choose never to watch the end of it? Uh-huh. Which that's a little weird because it, it's <laughs> motivating him to go to space. Did did he uh, did he watch the end of it and block it? Which would then mean that he's got like these mental problems before he even gets uh, influenced by the marker. Uh huh. Which that's pretty convenient, right? Like it just uh, that kind of kind of mental, you know, denial, which is fine. You get you know you're sad because your ex girlfriend's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, uh, but that's seems a little bit unbelievable right you know to me um is the idea i read online that people think that kendra edited the video which uh, makes this villain speech so stupid yeah. <laughs> just like yeah but what if i didn't edit it? <laughs> yeah like the way she presents it is very much like hey you never watched the end of this right yeah well, like, why <laughs> like it's I, man <laughs> It should be like, uh, you know, I, I would. It, so we, we've talked about how this uh, how this game puts everything on the table, leaves nothing to imagination. Like even if they just said, you know, you've been in, you've been in denial this whole time, and that made it so easy for me to, you know, to mm-hmm. to, to, to move you where I needed you to, and the, the marker is using you. So. Dead Space 2, for most of the game, it is this perfect storm between Isaac's grief at knowing that Nicole is dead um, and the marker and this alien, you know, uh, alien force that can look into your mind and manipulate you, understanding that she is a very powerful image and using his grief against him to kind of torment him as he is trying Mm -hmm. to stop all of this. Right. So Mm -hmm. it could be both of those things. But, you know, as is presented here, it just comes across as way too convenient. And that is... That's a problem, right? Yeah, it's just, it's it's very weird that if he if he knows it and is in denial, that feels too convenient. If he doesn't know it, why doesn't he know it? Why wouldn't he watch <laughs> the end of the thing? Right. And if she, you know, it's just none of the plausible explanations make sense. Like no. it depends. the The most I think the most plausible one is just that he saw the end of the video and like she's rubbing his nose in it. Yeah, and he was just yeah. in denial. But I find that immensely narratively unsatisfying. Yeah, and like so, how would she know that this? believe that this tape exists and how would she know how it actually ends unless he and was how would she know what it would do to him like she, that she's banking <laughs> yeah. a lot on just like hey listen this guy's unhinged <laughs> enough to where he will go into a denial that'll make him move mountains for us yeah i'm just gonna kind of hope you know that like he's insane in this very specific way yeah in this very specific very useful way yeah, yeah. he's just you know it's it is asinine like yeah. it, it is it is absurd like th- when this this happened and i was like you know, because it has it has the cadence of something that's kind of cool. Like if you show something that you've already seen and is important to everything leading up to this point uh, in a new light. Yeah. You know, that's that's great. It's that's extra cool information like, giving you context. Too. Like yeah. it, it's, you know, it, it, <laughs> there's a way. Oh, and then you think back and you're like, oh, in retrospect, like that yeah. makes everything makes sense. Like that's the best thing you can hope for here. Uh-huh. This is such a fumble of that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like this is how not to do that. Yeah. You know, this should be in classes as a negative example, you know, <laughs> of, of that, how to do that plot point. Put, put these two next to each other. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, I'm just like, uh, you know, <laughs> and then, and then it just kind of farts to, to the end. Like, you right. know, she you go back to the shuttle. Kendra is trying to take the marker and the hive mind stops her. Which is like smears her against the floor. It's really good. Like whenever somebody in a rig dies, you hear the, you, you hear the beep of the heart monitor mm-hmm. going flat. It's like, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like this is, this is a bad person who has done me wrong. It is good that she is now a stain on the side of that wall. Well, now, yeah. now let's get in. <laughs> let's, let's get busy in trying to take this thing out and make our escape. Yeah. So you fight the uh, the bo- final boss fight of the hive mind. Yeah. Here. And and you're literally just sh- shooting uh, flesh caves full of testes. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a big he's got a big mouth anus that's full of balls, <laughs> glowing, glowing balls. And then also uh, tentacles. Right. Right. Uh, like you're, tentacles you're, up again. you're hemmed in like your uh, your arena is defined by the tentacles that it sets up as walls. Yeah. Um, this is very easy. Um, yeah. The tentacles, when he slams the tentacles down, he never sweeps them. So you just run back and forth. Yeah. Um, he spawns uh, the fat guys. Mm-hmm. which kind of sucks. But if you know how to deal with them without uh, creating babies, yep. um, you know, and then if you know, if you know to wear a rubber, uh, <laughs> the, um, and then the, uh, uh, the big twist here um, is that he grabs you by your ankle and holds you in front of him for a while. Yeah. And your aim is kind of inversed because you're upside down. <laughs> so yeah. that's, I mean, that's kind of clever. It's, I take that. Know, that, that, that. That's good. Um, and it's, yeah. it's kind of bringing back a mechanic that was there with, uh, with the tentacles, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, I dig it. Like it, this is, it's a cool ending and it's, you know, what the game is about. Like it ludically, like the game, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm Follows... fine with an easy end boss. Like that is, that is cool. It's visually impressive. Like give me a chance to stomp on something big, you know, after, I'm so exasperated yeah. at this point too. Like it's yeah. just like, you like, I, if this had been like a big difficulty wall, I might've cheated and watched the ending. Of the tube. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. so then, then you fly away. Uh, you kill uh, as the as the the uh, Ishimura crashes into the planet uh, mm-hmm. and the marker, um, and then uh, you watch the video. Yep, the and then the video. and then you press stop. You know, right before yep. right before it ends because the video itself. We we didn't talk about the content. We just talked about the context. But like the video itself shows you know Nicole as she's saying like, "Hey, I'm so sorry. Don't come. You know, please don't come and find me. Like you know, here's all this. Things are going bad." And then she injects herself with something and then lays down. So, you know, she yes. she chooses, you know, death over being killed. Right. Um, and Isaac stops this before that happens, because, you know, he wants to choose how he remembers her. And we end with <sighs> something that yeah, is justified by the second game, because, you know, the idea of him being haunted by her is fine. But uh, he looks over and this is the first time we've seen Isaac's face. Right. So, yeah, and he takes off his helmet. Yeah. He looks like Toby from the office. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but, but he looks over and boom, there's dark Nicole and there's a jump scare of her screaming and then pouncing on him. Because the game dun, has dun, to, dun, like, definitely going to end with the jump scare. Like, yep. There's dun, literally dun, no dun, other dun, way. Dun, dun. End. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then that ends up being dead space, which yeah. like, you know, it, it's, it's again, I can be, this is, this is a, a negative time for the network <laughs> and people are, people are getting frustrated. It's like positive, like the network's doing good, but people, you know, playing, we're playing some games that 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 have problems yeah um and some people don't like it like this is not i don't hate this it's just frustrating because it was, it's, there are parts of it that are good 
Yeah. So so the, so that's the thing, right? Like I never dreaded playing this in the way that I sometimes dread things for the show. Like oh, like this is this is literally I'm just trying to trying to get this done so I can make the notes and talk about it. And you know, talking about it is going to be more fun. Like I looked forward to sitting down and playing this. Like in my hands. It was fine. I don't know if it was because I left myself enough time. Like, I beat this, like, two weeks ago or something like that, you know, because mm. I'm jazzed about it. I think that, like, the core mechanic of this is good enough to kind of carry me through if I can kind of turn my brain off. However, we can't really turn our brain off for the show. So for as satisfying as the shooting is and the plasma rifle or the plasma plasma cutter is and, you know, some of these brighter moments of kind of calm or just, like, not, like, blah, blah, blah constant you know just a constant high-pitched screeching noise in your ear um you know it works for me so like this was not a slog by any stretch of the imagination with the exception of that fucking turret scene which i you know if you're defending that and say <laughs> and saying that is not a dark mark like we're just kind of not going to agree on it um but everything that we've talked about is absolutely a factor in this mm -hmm. you know like i don't feel like we've been unkind to it i just think that like again not everything hangs together as well as it ought to yeah yeah it's it's i found it pretty frustrating i never got to dread it but it's probably as close to like what after we did um invisible war when like we end it and you're like that was a video game you know that's kind of <laughs> how i feel like i, I never yeah. sat down like really wanting to play it it went down relatively smooth but at the point where i figured out like the arc of me being like this is going to show me new stuff no it's not going to maybe it will keep showing me new stuff no it mm -hmm. won't show me new stuff yeah. like that came way too soon to make me really look forward to it. Mm -hmm. So it became a little bit like it became honestly like, you know, the the engineering parts of this where it just kind of became a chore. Yeah. You know, I sat down. It wasn't like playing like Shadow of Destiny where it's like there are parts of this I really hate, you know, <laughs> or like sitting down and playing like Soul Reaver where I wanted to pull my teeth out. Um, it was more just like, yep, this is some video game. Let's push through some video game. Yeah. You know, um, it's not bad. I think it's interesting. I think that it is most interesting uh, for me. Like, and this is. Uh, a damning thing but like to me it is most interesting as a lesson in pace yeah you know for me in in horror like this is uh illustrates what games that do horror better i think for me you know mm -hmm. just it's all subjective uh how they do it yeah so every other horror game we've done for the show like literally every horror game for the show doesn't do what this does mm -hmm. um, we've never done anything that is like just this non-stop you know crank um you know we look at uh, uh amnesia or any of the resident evils or you look at um silent hill 2 again like a, a weirdly narratively sound example mm -hmm. for this. And they are full of like quiet moments and downtime and they're really well paced. Yeah. And that is one of the most important like elements of horror. Like it's a big part of that pie chart. Yep. And uh, the game just decides to opt out of that. Like I'm, we're just not going to bring anything to that. Yeah. It wouldn't um, be as frustrating if it didn't feel like a conscious decision. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very much. And again, you know, to give the, the devs a little bit of credit, like you mentioned, who knows how much of this is like market testing? Mm -hmm. Who knows if, how much of this is EA dipping their toe in something they're not necessarily comfortable with and taking fewer risks than maybe they want to. Yep. And I think that bears out by looking at the sequels where they like, by all accounts, become more actiony and the third one, which is not scary at all by mm -hmm. other people, you know, saying that. So like they stop trying to do a horror game. Yeah. But what I'm what I'm grasping onto, the reason why I'm hanging on to that is because there is a really cool idea for a horror game in here. Yeah. You know. And it just, I'm, I'm sad that it didn't come out, hmm. you know? Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't regret, I don't regret my time with, it. I'm glad we did it. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a bit of a shame because we always, we generally always like the survival horror game that we do for the show. Like there was that one mm -hmm. year when we did 
System Shock 2, and that was a real bummer to find out that, uh, you know, I, for, for, for me personally, I didn't care for it as much as, you know, as, as, as much as I thought I would, you know? Yeah. Um, and specifically here, this was meant that we chose this as a pressure relief valve from the, mm-hmm. you know, from the Shadow of Destiny doldrums, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it just didn't end up working out. And I, I, I really wish that it could have been a way for us to kind of pull up and really revel in something that was, you know, much more, much more satisfying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. For me, like uh, on that thing, like this is my least favorite horror game that we've done. Like I like Sh- System Shock two more than this. Yeah, and it's not like that has tons of problems, and yeah. like the end is ridiculous, and it, it has that slogness. But it, 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 it pushes more. It pushes more of your buttons uh, than, oh, way, than, than way it did more. mine. Yeah, yeah. Like and and just also, it's like the narrative isn't a, a joke. Right. You know, it's it's not a laughable dumb plot, and it's not. Uh, it it there are parts where you're kind of quietly exploring, and you don't know what's going to happen. Which is just like it's it's that's just so important to me. I, I can't imagine a horror game without that. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to October and and doing something spooky with a little bit more restraint. Yeah, I, I should I guess I should also point out too that like you know System Shock Two or other horror games where they kind of like disempower you in a way mm-hmm. or like make the game kind of viscerally less pleasurable to play to make up for that. Mm-hmm. This game doesn't do that, and there are gains to be had there, right? Yeah. Like, the shooting in this feels good. Mm-hmm. Like, it, this is, uh, on, like, a Gears of War kind of level, this works. Yeah. You know, it's it's a fun it's a fun shooter. Yep. And it was wise you know, for them to lean into that with the sequels. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like RE5 quality. Yeah. You know, or RE6 quality. It's not uh, RE4 quality, though. Right. You know, so... Yeah. Um, at least you know, that's where I came away from it. If if you dug it, I'm not trying to shut on your dreams. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Uh, I had but, a lot of fun with it when I played it in 2008. You know, like yeah. it's and it's I, there. There's nothing to be. Uh, it's not like there's nothing to be had. Yeah, I'm not trying to shut on your dreams either. Cool. Like I don't, you know, I don't want you to think that I'm. <laughs> no, it's know. not. It's fun. I had yeah. a similar experience to you. Like uh, there, there yeah. are problems here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, thanks for listening. Um, but we have more episodes to come. What are we yeah. do next time, Paul? This isn't the last episode of the show. <laughs> this game. <laughs> this game was so bad, and the people who like it are so wrong that we're just done. Yeah. It, it wasn't. If it wasn't Shadow of Destiny. <laughs> it's, it's not no, gonna be this, that, guys. That, that 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 is absolutely not the not the case. Uh, yeah. No. So next episode, we are actually calling an audible because of some weird logistical problems around uh, travel and uh bad information about backward compatibility uh mm-hmm. we are shunting ssx tricky down the line so um, shun- ss i know everyone wants us to play ssx tricky i want to play it as well me too and we're just going to do that later so yes. it's, it's still showing up it's i i tried to emulate it and i i couldn't because i used to own it and i didn't feel bad about emulating it but it has an emulation glitch that makes it unplayable right um i read somewhere online that it was backwards compatible for xbox 360 and it's actually the original ssx that is not SSX tricky. So I need to order a copy of it and play it. That will work. Um, it's a short game. I thought I'd have enough time, but because of travel, I won't. Right. Uh, so that's going to be shunted down the line. And instead we're taking the thing that would have been in that slot and moving it up. And I think you guys will be excited about that. Yes. So um, after dead space, we are taking a complete 180 and talking about super princess peach for the Nintendo DS. Yeah. Uh, it's great. A Mario platformer that doesn't get a lot of attention. Yeah. Uh, that I want to talk about for, for a while. And I want someone to go on and say how we spent two hours talking about how problematic it is <laughs> when we'll probably talk about it for like five seconds. Right. So <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just trying to get that, that, uh, you know, that's that, that 4chan heat. Yep. 
<laughs> yep, we just we just got to be the skeletons we was born to be. Um, yep. Yeah, so I'm excited about this. Uh, I've gotten it to run, and it's really cool. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it is a Mario platformer that I have not played very much of, uh, which and is adorable, crazy because I played so many of them. Yeah, yeah, um, and it's a weird one. It's not you know SMB three or something like that. Right, right. Um, so yeah, weird Mario platformer. Um, after that, we're doing kind of a uh, that is when we're doing our other 3ds game, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. Um, so after that, we are doing. Uh, you guys are getting two JRPGs this year uh, because we love you and we know you love them. Um, we are doing Crimson Shroud for the uh, 3DS. Yes, uh, this is the uh, downloadable content or uh, eShop uh, game that was designed by the main person behind the uh, Ivalis of Final mm-hmm. Fantasy games. Uh, this is kind of a tactical D and D style thing, right down to the dice play. Yes. Yeah. Um, people on the Slack were talking about how it is very hard. Um, I didn't find it hard when I played it before. Uh-huh. Um, but I think that it is something where it's a JRPG that you can't be passive through. Like, you have to take advantage of all your stuff. Right. Which, in a JRPG, is something I like. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, looking well, forward to that. It's like six bucks on the eShop. It's, uh, and it's really cool. So, I'm excited yeah. to go through it. Yeah, I, I, I adore it. So, hopefully, uh, hopefully you guys will, will dig it as well. Um, yep. I'm pulling up the list to get out because we just shuffled things. So I, Gary's confused. If you know off the top of your head what we're doing after that, you can say uh, it. I certainly do. That is the poll. Oh, yes. Yeah. Let's talk about the poll. Let's so talk as about- we've talked about before, uh, if you are a Slack uh, person, you get to vote in what we're doing. And this uh, this fall or this yeah this spring, we're feeling <laughs> open worldy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's just because of like weird traditions. We we did, uh, uh, gosh, Crackdown about this time a couple years ago. So why not uh, just play back into that? But yeah, we are doing a poll of open world games. And because we had three options last time for the special episode, why not do five this time? Okay. Yes. So yeah. uh, let me read off the, the, the options. Okay. Uh, just Cause 2. Mercenaries. Mountain Blade Warbrand. State of Decay. And Yakuza. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I'm, it's kind of, if we end up doing Just Cause 2, it sucks that, I mean, there are many reasons that it sucks that Bill Cosby is a rapist, but one of the reasons is we can, can't do a sketch where it's like Just Cause. <laughs> uh, just Cause 2, which I like, I would have probably appreciated that. Yeah. I, I used to enjoy Cosby impressions before the darkness. <sighs> yeah. But b- b- before the world decided that we can't have good things. Yeah. Um, um, any of those, uh, just the standard uh, poll disclaimer, um, any of those that don't win doesn't mean we're not going to do them right. someday. So they, they uh, might show up at some point in the future. Probably will because those are all games I'm interested in playing. Me too. Um, and for any of our polls, this is the poll uh, I think that we've done that I've played the least of. Hmm. Um, out of these, I have played uh, Mercenaries. Yep. And um, you played the, State, of Decay. Uh, State of Decay. But that's it. I have not played Just Cause 2, Yakuza, or Mountain Blade Warbland. So those are new to me, but they're yeah. all games I'm interested in. Yep. So um, if you are a patron, watch for that uh, for that announcement. It probably will have gone out slightly before this because we want to give you time. Uh, that will contain the uh, the deadline for this. Uh, we want to give ourselves enough time to play because these tend to be a little bit lengthier games. Um, but uh, I think that there is enough for everybody to get everybody to get excited about here, including us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm in the mood. Yeah, for for that kind of thing. Also, um, um, there is no uh, Rockstar game on this because that would have won if we put Bully on here. You all would have just picked it, and that would that might as well just not be a poll. So. Yes, or if we put Red Dead Redemption on there, or right, right. Like I think that would. Have, so that doesn't mean again. It doesn't mean we're not going to do it. But right. for this one, we wanted some kind of weirder open world games. For sure. Um, at the time you're hearing this, uh, there is still time to go visit us at the uh, Midwest Gaming Classic. Yeah, in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we're going to be there. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the seventh through the ninth, mm-hmm. um, at the uh, 
at this convention. Yeah. Um, we're going to be tabling all weekend. We're uh, talking about pilot wings, mm-hmm. and we're kind of talking about the entire series. Um, if you come to our table, we're going to have a pilot wing set up, and we're going to have a contest. And uh, if you do the best in pilot wings, you can win one of those little uh, drones. Yeah, a little quadcopter. Those things are fun. Yeah. I bought one for myself after Christmas, and I was like, this is perfect to give out. You know who uh, who, who loves those to a degree that like I think is like not unearned, <laughs> but like loves those? Okay. Is uh, my old roommate, Will. Oh, I can um, see that, when, yeah. when, he, when he was like my, you know, he used to live in the next room over uh-huh. and I would just, you know, he like long periods of silence and just like, <laughs> for, for like for hours. Like he, he loves, uh, uh, he loves those things yeah. and they are super fun. Yeah. Um, so you can do pilot shit, wing shit in real life. Um, <laughs> our performance, our, our live uh, show is on Sunday at 3 PM. It's kind of a, like a late time slot, but we mm-hmm. hope that people will stick around. Yeah. And stay with us. And, as, and this is the one time we've not been in the uh, in the hangover slot. So it's 100 percent true. And we are planning to be hungover because <laughs> that Saturday beforehand, we're having a meetup um, at the 42 Lounge at 9 p.m., mm-hmm. which uh, Milwaukee natives will know what that is. That is a cool gaming uh, video game kind of arcade yeah. area with a console set up and everything. It's and uh, we have a special promotion for our meetup for the first time since we are mm. kind of coming to a smaller convention and we have not. Uh, you know, We want people to show up. Yeah. So uh, if you uh, show up the first, uh, however many while supplies last, people <laughs> to show up, get a poster. Yeah. Uh, we're giving out posters. Mm-hmm. And if you come to the booth, there's going to be tons of uh, tons of buttons and stickers and stuff like that. There's uh, uh, some designs I'm really proud of that we're going to be able to hand out. <laughs> yeah, we re- we redis- we made a bunch of new stuff because yeah. we were running low. Yeah. So uh, you can get some some old buttons, but also new ones. Um, we'd really love to see you if you're anywhere in that area. So yeah. um, I'm not saying this to guilt anybody, but we are taking kind of a risk pl- doing a smaller convention mm-hmm. um, in order to hit a geographically new area. Yeah. So, so uh, the reason we're doing that is to meet you guys. Yeah. So if you're in places like Chicago or Minneapolis or even Des Moines, uh, Indianapolis is also, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's a trip. It's a hike. Uh, Green Bay, if you're up there, uh, just uh, come on down the lakeside. Mm-hmm. Um, Madison. Yeah, Madison is also a yeah. It's it's also a hop, skip, and a jump. We would Avery? love to. What's Aiden? that? <laughs> is it Avery? Aiden? Aiden? Dakota? Yeah. Like any any of those girls, I wanted to show up. <laughs> girls and boys. Any of those millennials? Yeah. <laughs> All those millennials. No, but come out. Uh, come out to the meetup when I get a uh, when I get some drinks in me. I get huggy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so that should be fun. Yeah. Get ready for the orange squeeze. <laughs> yeah, they're not. <laughs> Here it comes. Um. The other thing you can do at uh, kind of the end, and we talk about this all the time, but we'll, we'll bring it up now, is that uh, you can patronize us. If you go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv, mm-hmm. um, you can throw us a couple bucks a month. That's how you get to vote in those polls, but it's also how you support your buddies. Yeah. Uh, we're only able to do these live shows with the funds that you provide. We have to pay for um, uh, we have to pay for transportation, hotel room, uh, all of the uh, goodies that we Ta- give out. Tabling, give, yeah. you know, goodies, uh, booth materials. Like, it's expensive. Yeah. Um, and especially for something like this, where it's like we want to hit, you know, a no part of the country it's not going to be an advertising win for us. It gets a loss leader kind of thing, right. which we're happy to do um, because you guys support us. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, so yeah, come get, come get what you, uh, what you're paying for. Mm-hmm. So some FaceTime with, you know, 450 pounds of chub boy <laughs> that, that will, that will give you uh, orange hugs. <laughs> what do you make it sound like that's just me? <laughs> <laughs> I can, I can be orange. <laughs> okay. I'm orange. Nipple. I'll give you a Sharpie. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. uh, so thank you. Um, you know, please do those things. We think, you know, thank you very much for any of the people who already have. We have a couple of people to thank specifically. Yes, we do. Um, at a certain level on the Patreon, we give you uh, thank you by name. So mm-hmm. thank you very much, Sean Franson. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who's come out and hung out with us at uh, these things in Portland and stuff and is a, is a buddy. For several Sean's years. Great. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, Mike Verano. Thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. 
Um, Trent Amond, uh, also a familiar name. Uh, mm-hmm. Thank you very much, Trent. Yeah. Brian Pitt, another familiar name. We've got so many people that we interact with, like on Twitter and on Facebook. Yeah. Like lots of, uh, lots of people who've been around for a good long time. Absolutely. And then uh, Mikhail Christensen, mm-hmm. uh, who is also a, a stalwart on our Slack channel. Yeah. Um, and is uh, so thank you guys very much. I uh, really, really do appreciate it. Yeah. Um, cool. I think I, that's about it. It's a long episode. Yeah. Can't think of too much else to ask you to do. Um, we hit all the main stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so in now, until next time, what should they watch out for? They should watch out for making us whole. Umbasa. Umbasa. Mm-hmm.